I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his NB. Episode number 81. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB, where we get to talk about everything that we are watching on television this week. And we are so excited to give you all of our thoughts. Uh, but before we do, as we always, uh, we have a few housekeeping notes to get out of the way first. Wherever you are listening to us, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those other places out there, if you can go to our podcast homepage and leave a rating and a review, that helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get out to more listeners' ears, and it also gives us feedback to see what we're doing wrong and what we can do better. Uh, you can also follow us across social media platforms, all at Gay and It's NB. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, some of our initial thoughts about the things that we're watching. We're live tweeting a little bit more. Uh, so if you want to get an extra dose of a Gay and It's NB, you can follow us all across social media, all at a Gay and His NB. And if you'd like to rep us out in the real world, you can visit us over on agayatisidb.threadless.com and grab some of our merch. We've got a bunch of different designs, uh, and we will be adding to those. As more iconic things happen, you can get those uh, designs on anything from T-shirts to hoodies to mugs to blankets to throw pillows, anything your little heart desires. We've got it. And finally, if you have any questions that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, uh, be sure to submit that to us, uh, whether it be on the social media platforms I mentioned or at againisnb at gmail.com. Be sure to just leave your name, leave your question, and who knows, we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, what do we have on tap on this episode? It's a good one. It is a good one. We're going to be talking about traders, this ridiculous bird call challenge. <laughs> it's so camp and so I fun. just, uh, this challenge made me stand CT in a way that I'd never have before. <laughs> um, and spoiler alert, I may be picking him for my top of the week simply because of that silly run through that. I just, I can't, it's, <laughs> I've been stuck in my head for a week. Uh, it, it, it's everything. Um, we're also going to be talking about married to medicine. Um, we've got, you know, I, I cannot believe that Phaedra's oldest child is 13. Oh, we'll get to it. We had some, like, it was a lot. The second I found out we were doing his 13th birthday, it was just yesterday when she was lying about being <laughs> pregnant. pregnant as long as she was. Like, I just... I, I, my back started hurting. I started limping across the room. Like <laughs> I aged 84 years when we heard that. Yeah. It, it, it was something. Um, but before we get to any of that, let's talk about Drag Race. Uh, Drag Race for this week. Uh, yes. New episode of Drag Race. And this, I, I will say, we talked a little bit about like the drama in this. I, I really am loving the season, actually, from a pure television standpoint. I think it's picking up in a lot of the things that we have been lacking as of recent. I really am too. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I, I just wish that it was more authentic. Mm. It's still coming off a little bit forced, but at least someone's trying to bring us drama. Like we, the last several seasons have been RuPaul's best friends race, which yeah. is fine, but it's just like, where's the, where's the reads? Where's the shade? Where, where are the jokes? Well, where just, are the jokes? There's a little bit of mess too. Yeah. Like I think more than drama, it's like, cause, cause it can come, become a little sort of like, like you said, like very stale and very sort of like, you know, a little put on in many ways yeah. to where it's like, 
it, it's it's very easy to like do like the basic building blocks of a reality television fight, but if you can at least like even the stuff like like plain Jane aside, I think that everyone is bringing maybe close to everyone. <laughs> There's still some like <laughs> okay, you're there for filler, but like you're bringing something and like bar queen. Yeah, no one's just resting on the idea of just like I'm gonna be popular right. just because I'm there. Right, and. You know, you and I watch Drag Race for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. You watch because, for the same reason you watch any reality television show, for the mess. Sure. Drag Race and other reality competition shows, except for Traders, that doesn't count. It's all mess all the time. Uh, The competition's in the background. But, like, I'm watching Drag Race for the looks, I for the drag, yeah. you know? Like, the shade is great, and the shade is nice sprinkle of um, fun over the top. But I'm there for the fashions. I'm there for the makeup. I'm there for the lip syncs. That's what I'm there for. And I, and I will say that, too, like, in the sense, like, I think that's the unique thing about Drag Race in that regard. And I also think, like, my problem with Drag Race for a more of a period, I think I've diagnosed, I think we... Some people are quick to say, like, I needed to go back to season two where they were all fighting like they were on, you know, any oh, other I'm reality here for show. That. But I think it's, I am from Chicago. Sure. But I also think, like, it can, like, for me, I don't think it's, like, thinking back, I don't think it's necessarily even that. I think it's just, like, I think there was a period where it became slightly formulaic. Yeah. Like, we hit this note, we hit this note, we then get to the runway, we then, like, it's just, a, you know, tragedy mirror every day. Like, right. you know, it's like you need to sort of, like, do something different every once well, in a while. Well, and I, I think it it comes down to um, the the issue becomes yes, it became formulaic, but also, but the formula is good. It's like sure, but like I think part of it is that today we lack a lot of media literacy. Sure, as a society, and so we don't realize that these characters, these queens on television, are different than the queens that come to our town on tour right who are there making a buck on stage you know and you know yes they're gonna go on drag race and they should be causing drama they should be acting a fool right but we have had an issue where people don't separate those two characters the drag race version of the queen and the queen in reality and so then the queens are terrified to do that because it costs them money. Yeah. And understandably, because if I'm someone who's like just running a bar and I'm maybe not a huge, you know, into drag, but, you know, I have drag at my bar while that's weird, right? <laughs> like you should be into the culture if you're going to make money off of us. But like... At the, it's, it's weird, but like I could see why they would go, mm, I don't want somebody with that attitude working in my establishment. Sure. And I think it also extends to the fan base. And I think like the job is, they just have to, re- like, you have to have that media literacy, like you say, and realize like the job is different. It's right. not the same job. Right. Like, you know what I mean? There's elements of the job that are similar, but it's right. a completely different job. Um, so we start the episode, they're coming back into the workroom after Hershey's elimination and they wipe off her message and all that. Geneva. I, so I was so interested in terms of, I feel like our, our reads from like, you know, watching it and our read and their reads from like, were like completely different because Geneva says that she shouldn't didn't think that she was being in the bot should have been in the bottom that the queens were being shady with the rankings or whatever and then said that Mirage should have been the one in the bottom and I'm like really I don't 
I don't disagree that I don't think Geneva should have been in the bottom because at the end of the day, other than the length of the skirt in the back, it was well made. It, yeah, but she literally goes, "The outfit speaks for itself," and I'm like, "Does it?" Because it's riding up the back, your backside, like right. Like there, there was some things that needed done on that, but yeah. there were other worse garments on that runway. Sure, I'm just surprised that like Amanda wasn't in that conversation. Like, right. like the Mirage, I thought, pull, like yeah, it was struggling in the workroom, but then pulled it out in the end. It just, was it giving the apocalypse uh, runway from season four? Yes. Is that an iconic runway? Also, yes. So I wasn't mad at it. And it also felt like Mirage was also like kind of the sense of like, yeah, I should have been in the bottom. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I thought you did great. But also she was telling a story. She painted on a realistic black eye. (laughs) Come on. Like, I I can't can't be mad at that. Give her the crown. (laughs) Give her the crown. I mean, spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) We'll get to it. Um, They congratulate Nymphia for her win. And then I love as they're congratulating Amanda goes, Q, how do you feel being (laughs) the other? I don't think she even meant anything by it. But then Q goes, "Um, I'm a little bit bummed because my outfit was all unconventional materials and I had perfect critiques. (laughs) And basically, like, we're starting to see the... And I think it's going to continue based on the results of this week. This sort of like Q spot. People keep saying plasma is the Jan of the season. I think, I think it's Q. I think it's Q to us. And I don't think Q is wrong. I mean, people could argue Jan wasn't wrong either. But like. She wasn't. I think like it does. Like she is like right there. And I get her point of like. They did critique Nymphia's second look to a certain extent. Where right. I got no bad critiques on anything. Right. And so how does that even out? I just think Nymphia's last look won it beyond, you know, any judging, you know? Sure. I just, I feel like you can't win for one look. Like While you shouldn't be in the bottom for one look, you also shouldn't be in, shouldn't win for one look. Sure. And we talked about how it feels like they kind of waited a little bit because right. it's the maid look and stuff like that. Q says in the confessional, it's okay, RuPaul, I forgive you. Just don't let me lose next time. And I'm like, well, um... <laughs> Uh, also, two black and white looks. Yeah, they, maybe just switch up the colors. Then I yeah, don't know. we need some. We need some color. I mean, her her first look for her first episode was black too. I mean, it had the colors underneath, but yeah, may, maybe that's the issue. Q. <laughs> Do something different. I guess. Um, Morphine then decides to bring up the drama that happened in a talk between Plain Jane and Amanda. I love <laughs> Dawn going. So the way that I remember it is, Plain came up to Amanda and said, "Quite frankly, I don't like anything you've done or who you are." <laughs> Basically, so um, uh, uh. Uh, uh, mir- uh, oh mirage. my gosh! Yes, mirage. There's was a, okay, it's it's confusing because there's a mirage, there's a Megami, there's a like, <laughs> there's like it's it's a it's difficult, guys. It's a struggle. <laughs> there's a Maya, there's a morphine. It's too much. Too many ibs, and I say this as someone with an M name. Yeah, too yeah. many ibs. We're mm-mm. um. Mirage was at uh, Roscoe's. Oh, I haven't. I didn't see about this. And they asked her about this. Okay. And she said, there is a difference between being mean and saying shade. Right. In order for it to be shade, there has to be some level of trust. Yeah. Between the queens. 
And she didn't know me like that. Yeah. And she kind of says it this episode a little bit. She was like, she literally says like, I mean, you were saying the stuff that we were saying like beforehand about Amanda and Amanda laughs about it, but it's like, you don't have that relationship with her. So therefore like, it's one thing. Cause I get it. Queens come in on day one, like on their entrances giving shade. Right. But it's light shade. Yeah. Nobody's coming for anybody's career, but like, this is, this was episode three. Right. You had done literally were the end of one full episode with this queen. Cause I don't think they were on the same entrance. Were no, they? they weren't. Yeah. So the end of one full episode with this queen. Yeah. And you decided to go, mm, you shouldn't be on this show. Yeah. Effectively. Because not only did she say that, she also at one point said, this is not the place that you come to get good. Yeah. So she effectively was saying, you should not be here. Go home. Right. It, it, no, it's like, fuck you. It's fucked up. Don't get me wrong. Like, like I get it. Like, yes, we want drama, but like earn that shit. Sure. That's disrespectful. Well, I, I find it like plain then tries to be kind of like conciliatory here and sort of like mend in a way, even though she then flip flops immediately on untucked. Right. She goes, you know, yeah, like adrenaline was flowing. You know, cocktails were also flowing. I love Amanda going, oh, so now she blames it on the edit and the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think because Alyssa had this problem too, if you remember. Sure. Not being able to read properly and going too deep and too hard on people. Mm-hmm. If you remember, like with the stand-up challenge, she like Sure. Well, you know, you know what I mean? And they were like, that's just mean. That's not funny. It's just mean. The difference is is that Alyssa was kooky, so we kind of forgave it. Yeah. Plain just kind of has like a bitch face She's to wear. Too plain. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like, and but, then all of her jig, all of her uh, drag is copied straight from Jimbo. So well, well, sure, but I don't think it's like I don't even think she's doing it with the intention necessarily of shade, right? I think she's saying that after the fact, but I think the the motive is more sort of like be that reality TV villain, that shit star, really, which is which I is which is a just, different thing, right? I don't. I don't know. I think she's just trying to be shady and she's trying to fit in with the rest of the girls, and it's not working because she doesn't know how to do it. Maybe. Um, she goes, time will tell. Yeah. She goes, I'll take responsibility for what I said. I do want to apologize for giving my unsolicited feedback when it wasn't needed. And Amanda goes, or even relevant to the conversation. Cause it wasn't, it came out of left field. And then I love, I love the, I want to take this as like the meme of the season. Amanda and her professional just going, she honestly can eat my fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Here's the thing. This is why I like this feud is that Amanda's holding her own. Like, right. I don't, I think it's, it gets to a place where it's like, if someone is more just sort of like a wallflower and sort of like, you know, timid that it becomes just like uncomfortable or whatever. But Amanda's meeting it. And I, and that like, that I appreciate, yeah, you know, and so I can, can enjoy it more. Yeah. Also, she doesn't back down from it at all. Also, I mean, we won't get to it, but next week too, in that preview, it's like, it, the, yeah. It's the, it feels so much – it's the most intense I think we've gotten in a while. Um, yeah. So and Plain basically says, you know, once I get to know you a bit more, maybe I can shade you in a more fun way. And Amanda goes, well, I hope you'll stay here long enough to do so. <laughs> and Plain goes, likewise. <laughs> it, it, so, yeah. See, that I thought was fine. That was shady and that was cool. Yeah. Fine. Uh, the next day they come back into the workroom. Uh, Rue comes in and introduces the main challenge, which is RDR Live, their take on SNL, which I – here's the thing. I thought they did so good with on All-Stars 8. And this I was like, oh. It well, was – I thought this was fine. I didn't think there was any 
obvious duds other than um, fucking uh, uh, Geneva. Yeah, I think like mm, there weren't any duds. I agree. But like. I felt like it almost should have been like, we're going to do a lip sync for the win. You're just going home because that was so much worse than anyone else. We'll get to it. Yeah. I mean, obviously in retrospect, that would have been preferable, but um, like, Uh, I think it's, here's the thing. I think it just relies on drag race writing a lot of the times, which isn't the greatest. And like, and which I I get, it makes sense. It's like SNL was a script. Like you script a sketch. It's not like improv, but it's like, I think when the writing's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. And it's like, I also don't think Drag Race fully understands what it, I, I was telling you this, like by the end of the challenge, we'll go through it later. But it's like, I don't think they understand what a joke is. I don't think they understand what drag queens do. Well, sure. I feel like Rue just goes, oh, well, these are things I've done in my career. But that's They different. had me on SNL, so any drag queen needs to be able to do SNL. But that's fine, like, because it's at least, like, pushing yourself, right? I don't mind that. For me, it's like, a pun is not a joke. It is. A, it, okay, sorry. Let me rephrase. It's a type of joke, but it's not the jokes that are on SNL. It is. It's a, it's a, like, a, the SNL jokes have to be, like, set up, punchline. The skits have to have, like, some big sort of, like, punchline at the end that's, like, sort of, like, you know, like, the, um, like, what was the one that we watched recently with the Christmas, uh, it was, like, a Christmas sketch of, like, a, the, um, where they do the gift exchange sort of thing and they have the, like, the right. animatronic bear thing and the guy gets offered, like, the curable disease to, like, sickle cell anemia or whatever and then he d- rejects it for the, like, that's, like, build up, build up, punchline. And, like, that is, right. to me, what makes a good SNL skit and it's, like, they don't do that here. Right. And, and yes, I will get, I will say that that is the overarching joke of each skit is that, like, build, build, build. But in between all of those jokes in the middle, that's puns. Yeah, I, I guess. But like, yeah, it's just. But, but they're usually still set up punchline, set up punchline. You can still have set up punchline and it be a pun. A pun just means that it's a play on words. Right. So anyway. Yeah. A- anyways. So they get to. Okay. So they go to divide their roles, basically. It's basically a free for all. Um, Morphine originally wants to do the sort of sexy role with plain. Um, in the the scene we'll get to later, Plain tells her, look, I think I'm going to excel in this role, and I just want you to excel in your role as well. And Morphine's like, so you think you're going to outshine me from the get-go, is what you're saying. <laughs> Which, <laughs> they have that, they're also playing up that sort of, like, sisterly feud mm-hmm. which I, like. I like that plane has like i also like that plane has multiples that are like right. sort of like different mm-hmm. types of things which is you know kind of unknown in, in drag race um th- it gets to where safira and mirage both want to be the host and safira or uh, mirage is basically thinking like well it's not like a character it's more just yourself so i think it'll lend better to me which i think is probably smart like if you're not if you're not a comedy person right well well, it, no, it, because if you're not a comedy person, you need a scripted joke because then it, at least you have a chance. Sure. Whereas if you're not funny normally, how are you supposed to write a monologue? Well, that's the thing. Like you have to be funny personally because some people are funny personally, but not comedians. Right. D- right. And so that to me, like it, that's why like some celebrities do better in that role where at least if they have like an interesting enough personality and you give them a good enough right. joke, then. But do you think the guest hosts are writing their own monologues without help? They probably have input. I mean, they probably have someone that's assigned to them from the cast. Right. 
to help. Yeah, exactly. But, Somebody that's maybe not in as much stuff Yeah, that can take time away from the week and go, yeah, this is, you know, but Mirage didn't get that. Sure. But that's, again, going back to it, That's it's the material that they're given. And so right. that's my struggle. But Safira then suddenly is like, I'll take this other role from this other thing. and Because she, she's basically like, I can do anything. And, <laughs> and then so it's like, okay, Mirage, you're going to be hosting. And, she and goes, then Mirage is like, uh, I'm gonna, uh, she goes, I, I mean, guess, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I guess I'm hosting. And Morphine goes, not I guess. What do you mean? Like, she's just, it, you could tell, she's just getting psyched out in her head yeah. by, like, the, I think she was overthinking it a lot. And, yeah. like, we'll we'll get to that. Um, becoming a theme. Um, they they talk about the last sketch, which is this like Barbara Streisand imitator, like sort of singing group. And Mirage is like, I think we should get, you know, put all the singing girls in the last sketch. And Plasma's like, it's literally like a pre- preschool song. Like we're singing Jingle Bells. Like it's not like you need like an, a well-trained, like whatever. Anyone can sing fucking Jingle Bells. Yeah. And but but it's all because Plasma is so convinced that she's going to be pigeonholed in this role. Yeah. Like the I'm the singer. I'm the whatever. Which, sure, but like this early in the in the show, you, this is not the time to be worried about that. I mean, well, is it? Is it or is? Because to me, it's like when they got to the the um, walkthroughs later, and they were like, "Don't worry about pigeonholing yourself. If you do this amazing, then do it." It's like okay, but also. If it was the other way around, you would have Michelle or whatever saying like, well, I've seen this from you three weeks in a row and I want to see something like they, it's sure. Here's the thing. You're the victim of the edit, right? Right. You're the victim of if they choose to go with you or not. Right. So just do what you want to do. Right. Like, I do think Plasma was like trying to play that a little bit. And it's like, you can't really, because again, they're, they control everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if we're talking about someone who did the same thing, um, every week, um, you know, Bianca Del Rio won the show Dude, pretty good so like i mean she even had the same damn dress on every week <laughs> she just had it in different fabric yeah um dawn and plasma though are both arguing over the news anchor role and dawn is basically like look i have a great rapport with amanda and you know me and amanda and q really want to work together they're kind of like hinting to this like relaska talks kind of vibe mm-hmm. with like the three of them so which i'm not mad at i like the three of them together they they worked well in that skit together yeah plasma they basically like your this role is literally made for you so just take it and plasma does and she goes fine well at least give me the part with the highest note so i can belt it (laughs) (laughs) i loved playing in her confessional going gaslight gatekeep girl boss yes don you better work (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah but plasma still really annoyed by this they're going off to sort of like rehearse with each other and plasma's like just still in her head about the like yeah i just you know I feel like they just like, you know, pigeonhole me into this and like, you know, Dawn's trying to say like, well, if we wanted to work together, what are your package deal? And basically talks about like not wanting to disrespect Barbara and Safira's like, no, like ignore that. Like, yeah, literally this is, this is comedy and Barbara understands that satire is satire and she's going to get raked over the coals. She's here for it. Trust me. Go. Yeah. And then this is where we kind of get Plasma's like character, like full character, sort of like what we're going to get from her the rest of the season. And I was dying laughing at this Rachel Berry ass, like fucking (laughs) like Jan. You thought Jan, Jan was given that reputation. I think for so long, not like this. No, this This, is, this is fully a Michelle meltdown. It's It's, again, well, I, I take that back. I think Plasma can read. Well, yeah. And not to compare. Joking. Leah Michelle can read. <laughs> sure. Why not? Allegedly. Um, but 
not to compare Queens, but it's like it's a little bit of Jan and a little bit of Lucy Laduca. Like it's the it's the desperateness of Lucy uh-huh. and like and it, it's just great. And so she's talking to a professional like you know I do know so much about her and I love Barbara. And then like crossfades and like when I saw Funny Girl for the first time, crossfade <laughs> when she was six nineteen and she made her Broadway. It's just like she's just ranting and ranting and ranting. And she's also doing this to Nymphia and Sophia in the moment. And she's just like you know I just love Barbara and it makes me intimidated because and then she stops herself and goes you know what fuck the intimidation. I'm going to feel my fear and do it anyways. And, and literally the look on Nymphia and Sophia's face is like, okay, girl, cool. Um, <laughs> can we move on now? <laughs> um, Mirage is literally by herself just like, cause she, it's her yeah. own. <laughs> but it was just so sad seeing her just like sit like cross like it. It was very, um, uh, season six. Mama. Oh, Laganja. Laganja under sitting the table. under the table. It was very that. Yeah. Um, there, Geneva's trying to work. Geneva's like, I don't have a Southern accent, so this is, like, really a struggle for me. But even, like, well, it does. it's not a Southern accent the way it ends up. But even the Southern accent, she, but my problem. A Southern accent would not have fixed that. Well, no, but, like, even the Southern accent she was clearly trying to do isn't Lindsey Graham's Southern accent. Right. Like, Lindsey Graham is, you're in a cotillion, and you're, you're it, sitting in mint julep. It's, and it's, like. It's Georgia. Yeah. Right, and it's like sort of like wafty and like whatever. Well, I don't. Is he Georgian? Uh, he is. Uh, yes, he but is. But it's like Georgia, South Carolina. That no, he's South Carolina. It's that Dixieland. Yeah, like like accent. It's the, not like Deep South Alabama, Mississippi. That's a different South, right? And but she doesn't. We figure out that she just doesn't know who Lindsey Graham is and doesn't. Right. But that's the thing. It's that like, was clear from. Oh my God. But it doesn't. It makes like you don't know why the jokes are funny then, and you right. don't know why like the whole. I like, think Michelle says later. Ask, ask somebody. If you sure. don't know, ask. Sure. Because the the whole it's 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 just a it's like very effeminate gay man closeted right and so like that's the joke and if you're just like just saying lines that are just like again like puns that aren't like attached just, to anything I just can't get over her sitting there like frozen in place with like her hand looking like fucking scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz like what the hell was that look it was such a fucking mess like. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my God. So they, RuPaul then walks in and goes, ladies, we have company. And Ross Matthews walks in. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like, I can't, like, no one's home. <laughs> Bye. Nope. Draw the blinds, close, close the curtains, turn the lights off, hide behind the couch. Yeah. We're not doing this today. Yeah. Any Ross Matthews, ju- <laughs> it's just hard for me. Like. <laughs> my brain went straight to the, uh, to the, uh, Tyra, Tyra Banks. Get him off the screen. I'm not watching. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's the, not the correct quote, but y'all can go find it. Can we not say faggot on this podcast? <laughs> I'm sure we can, I guess. Well, she said fag, but whatever. Uh, it's, it's just a cigarette. Um, no, but like... Get the cigarette off the screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I re- at this point, I really de- need them to just give Ross Matthews a comedy special so he can stop spending his time on Drag Race trying out new material. Honestly, it, well, old new material because it's the same material with a shitty facelift. We'll get to it later. It's like he doesn't critique, not like I, I mean, in moments, but it's just really just like trying to be yeah. as like you know interesting and sort of like cool as possible. And it's like no talk. Like Carson at least talks fucking real. Like this doesn't look good. Right. This doesn't like. 
I I can't with him. If I hear him tell a story of, you know, that kind of thing where I, I'm going to jump through the fucking television screen. Right. It's like when you're, and we'll get to it, like when you're on a judging panel with RuPaul and Sarah Michelle Geller, you don't need to be the most important person in the room. Right. And so that's why, like... Just stop. Stop. Um, they come back into the workroom the next day before they get ready to do RDR Live. Um, some of the s- stuff by the mirror. We do find out that both uh, Geneva and Tsunami are dreamers. Um, and so getting that, which I don't think we've ever had that story on Drag Race, which I appreciated. Like, I think they mentioned that they've never had that story on Drag Race before. Well, and also, I don't know. I think it's actual statistically, but like, I think this cast has the most Hispanic um, competitors Probably. Like, because you have them, you have Morphine, Maya, I believe, is uh-huh. some um, uh, delineation. Like, there's a good bit. And, yeah. like, that's, you know, that's important because I do think there was a period where, like, also it, where the Latina girl kind of got, like, stereotyped on Drag Race. Right. And it's like, I don't think we've ever had a winner in terms of, in, like, unless I'm mistaken. Like, I can't think of any. Yeah. So at least, like, having enough people there to sort of, like, tell that wide-ranging story and sort of like yeah it, it it was really you know important to hear also them talk about sort of like the struggle in terms of like you never know when stuff's going to change you never know when like you know it's it's a temporary thing to where it's like your whole life can just be upended and like yeah, right it's terrible um and then we contrast that with amanda talking about that her day job is ghostwriting on OnlyFans for this like which i didn't know this was a company like there's a company that apparently just like if you're a big OnlyFans like celebrity or whatever well i mean it's not even just because when she first said it and it was in the previews and whatnot for this week i was like oh well that's interesting so she's just like writing the the posts that go above like the pictures or videos or whatever that's going out yeah no she also responds to private messages right posing as and she says it's all like straight women that she's posing as i wild wild but i mean kind of takes the the curtain back on terms of that because i'm sure a lot of those people rightly assume that they're communicating with the person right well and it also adds a layer of protection right especially like because you know that the women on OnlyFans are the ones that are getting harassed the most one thousand so by adding a layer of protection someone else to filter and respond to those messages for them it actually makes it safer for those women to to do sex work, which yeah. fabulous. The the more we can make sex work, work safe for people, the more valid it will be seen as a career path. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, we go to the runway. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller, like I mentioned, is the guest judge. Um, love her. I think she, I actually thought yeah. she did a really, really good job in terms of the guest judge position. Uh, and they go straight into RDR Live. Um, and they always, they were building up also that like it's all one take, so it's like you get the one shot and that's it. Um, the first skit with Tsunami and Morphine doing like a Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper, CNN. It's like it's basically right. like the newsy like current events cold open. Um, it it was fine. Like I it, mean, look, I think Geneva it- tanked it a lot. <laughs> Yes, uh, Geneva did tank it a lot. Um, but I, was, who, I, I was annoyed with the critiques on Maya. 
that they give her later about like, well, you just kind of gave like one note sort of like high energy. And it's like her character is like in a flood, like, you know, trying to survive. And like, yeah, like why? Like she's not going to give you like lighter and then bigger. Right. That's not how. Have you ever been in a, a storm, a hurricane, a flood? And, You're screaming. Well, it's, it's loud. Well, also, if you watch like the like when they when CNN or whatever sends out someone to cover like a hurricane and they like put the like, right. yeah, like there's like it's a mess. Like that's the whole point of it. That's why it's funny. Yeah, I thought it. Is it just me or did they completely write the the Brandy Cohen character wrong? That did not feel like Andy at all. What was the Brandy Cohen character? Morphine. Morphine oh, was playing that? Brandy Cohen. It was supposed to be a countdown to the end of the world, but it was actually the countdown to New Year's Eve. It was Anderson Cooper and and uh, Andy Cohen. Oh. That's what they were were doing. I thought they said something about like a Don. It was like a Don Lemon pun, but that's was, like years past. There is a there was a Don Lemon who played the Don Lemon character. I've got a list in front of me. I can't even remember. Donna Lemon was playing played by Maya. Oh, that okay, gotcha. So, like, yeah, I, yeah, it, the, it, it's real. It was kind of just like they it were was just, a lot. It, they were doing generic news inquiry, right? And it's like there isn't, there wasn't any sort of like understanding of the characters, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like again, Drag Race has made it to where it's like, yeah, just do the hokey stuff and Drag like, Race done fucked up drag. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it doesn't have to be that deep. Basically, they basically have. Yeah. insist that you know instill that into you know made it too season. complicated yeah um yeah so then mirage does uh her um opening monologue it was i think good for someone who has not done a lot of comedy she trips over her word at the end and like who cares i've seen actual celebrities do it worse than this i was fine sure i i thought sarah michelle gave a good critique of just like just have the confidence enough in the joke to where it's right. like you can it's you know that's what sort of it's it's more selling it than it is just sort of like delivering like you had the timing and punchline but you got to sell it a little bit more right i thought that's fair like i when i when it all played out i'm like yeah i can see mirage in the bottom but it's like you know yeah but it was it was still so much better than (laughs) i'm sorry i just that Lindsey graham was awful (laughs) um then we had plain jane and megami and i was so uh i was really fucking mad i know they hadn't watched all stars eight by the time that they were filming the season Right, that that hadn't aired yet, but like, hadn't it? I don't but think. It, but it was the. This is what irritates this, me. It's on the producers. It's the exact same sketch as the Jimbo Jessica Wild thing. Well, and then also with Plain Jane already having all this critique of copying right. Jimbo, and she probably didn't even realize. Like, but then she plays the exact same character as Jimbo, the exact same way that Jimbo did it. It's like, come on, right? And it really not only just like doesn't make you enjoy this challenge, it makes it like le- it lessens what Jimbo did in a way. Well, and it lessens what Plain Jane does too. Yeah. Like at a certain point, it's like how much of this is copying and how much of. But even then, I feel like there's no way that she's had this much rep because a lot of the things that she's repeating were was from All Stars, so it had to have aired already. I mean, maybe it's just complete coincidence. I don't know. But it's like... It's yeah. just... It's exhausting. It's sure. a lot. Sure. Uh, it's not... It doesn't work out the best for her. Like, again, no. it was good, but it's like, I saw this sketch already. Right. <laughs> like, six months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, then, oh, so they... I like that they added the musical performance element, which you always get on SNL with Rue. Right. I actually thought that was a good way to, inter- like, do the whole, like, Rue has to do her, her concert now. Like... Sure. 
that aspect I'm fine with. Um, but like actually do a performance and not a step touch. Uh, well, okay. It's RuPaul though. I, she's done in the last couple years. She's done these every season. Yeah. This was the worst by far. Oh, you think? I don't, I don't think so. I, there were a couple times. boring. There was I a, mean, other than the fact that the pit crew was great to look at. But besides that. She was matching the pit crew a little bit in terms of choreo. But it wasn't like intricate. I mean, it wasn't like extensive choreography. Right. But they've had better choreography in years past. She literally did not have choreography this year. I guess. Yeah. There was. I, I thought it was. And I liked the. At least it like. It was more the aesthetic of it because it was the gold. Like they did like a westerny kind of vibe with the gold. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the song really. Mm. I didn't like the vibe of the the look. the 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 only thing that was good to look at was the the dancers. Yeah. Um, then we do the basically the weekend update segment with Dawn, Amanda, and this Q. was great. This was good. Like Dawn and Amanda were good. I thought that they didn't particular. I think Dawn stood out a little more than Amanda. Uh, really, because I thought Dawn kind of faded a little bit. Really? I thought Amanda was a little bit more punchy with hers. Yeah, I, you could say. I think it was a. I again, I think it's the different things that you look for, maybe because to me, Dawn was more like classic Weekend Update style, and Amanda sure. was more Drag Race Weekend updates. Sure, which, but I think that's the challenge, right? right. It's not. It's know, not an exact replica, but. Q was the brick. Oh, Q was great. That was fabulous. It it was everything. Like, I feel like if they hadn't had um, Sarah Michelle Geller, then it should have been uh, Bowen, Bowen Yang. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she gave a Bowen Yang type performance as the brick. Well, I was getting Bowen Yang as the iceberg. Yeah. You know? I, I was going to say, you can, under, you can tell Q understood what that character would yes. present like on SNL. And so like what the, she understood what the gag is and what yes. the sort of like, yeah. And I thought she did really well. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, and then they do the Barbara Streisand uh, trio with Nymphia, Plasma and Safira. And then this was like, I thought Plasma did great. Yes. Like really well done. Um, Nymphia and Safira did good, but it wasn't like they didn't stand out. I just, I thought it was great because, um, you could tell that Nymphia does not sing. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And they did that harmony thing at the end. And I'm like, Oh, Nymphia cut out. She did not sing this at the end. <laughs> it is two-part harmony with Plasma and Zafira. And it sounded great. Which honestly, but honestly, like, why, if if it's going to sound better that way, then just do that. Like, But it was like, oh, there's only two voices here. <laughs> I think me and, like, ten other people watching noticed it. But it it just, yeah. Yeah, and I always, Zafira, or um, uh, Plasma had the best joke, I would say, in terms of it. Because I always loved that, oh. <laughs> I love, there's just something about that I really find funny. Um, yeah. And so I was kind of like, okay, so Plasma and Q, or Q to me were like definite like chomping at the bit for each other, I would say. I, back to what you were just talking about, that joke. I think it's great that she did that because uh, with the talent show, with part of it being lip synced. Oh, so right, there right. was there was a lot of criticism. Not that she knew this while filming, right? But yeah. there was a lot of criticism of, well, that's lip sync. She recorded that. We don't know that she could actually fucking sing. Here she is, because the the whole bit of that gag, the whole point is to prove that you're actually singing live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole fucking point. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm doing something impressive. And here, look, 
ah, it's not recorded. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Um, okay. So we go to the runway category is night of a thousand shares. They, she, she said it in the workroom is night of a thousand shares, but I love that she said the sub, I guess the subhead for this category on when she introduced it. It's called everything, every share all at once, yeah, which is a great, great name. <laughs> Um, yeah, this was, I gotta say, up and down, this might be the best Night of a Thousand runway that oh, they've yeah. ever done. By like, far. There's no really bad look here. Yeah, I, it, I completely agree. Um, Tsunami starts it off with that classic sort of like the the um, Diamond D fringe, um, like right. angel-y kind of vibe. I thought this was great. Um, I didn't. I wish you wouldn't have even said that it was nude illusion because there is, you see like sort of like yeah. some corseting and boning, but like. It's just not completely matched. Yeah. Which is hard to do. But I didn't mind Because it. your skin tone varies over time, you know. So she could have matched her skin tone and then it deepened a little bit. And so it just became obvious. Yeah. I mean, that's not her fault. It's just that's how it is. And her body is actually really amazing. Like her silhouette oh, yeah. is like really impressive. Um, Morphine Love Dion uh, at the Oscars. I thought this was fantastic as well. I thought it I liked that it was kind of... Um, there was another one that kind of does it a little bit later. It it almost gave like Selena vibes, like a little bit, yeah. Like, but that makes so, so much sense for morphine, like, yeah. but in a way that's still very share. Like, I thought, you know, it's it's just really extravagant. The body looks great. The makeup's always great. Um, it's really hard to. So I think it's. It, now that I think of it, it's really hard to fuck this category up. I would Honestly. say in many regards because Cher is so flawless in many ways. Well, and she's so versatile, right? She's had so, a wide range of looks. So you can go full glamour with it. You can go camp with it. You can go all these different directions, all these different areas. You can go simple. You can go extravagant. Whatever your budget is, you can pull off a Cher look. Yeah. And I, I liked what Rue said later about how, like, even more than it being to like a tribute to Cher, it's almost a tribute to Bob Mackie as oh, well. Yeah. It's because they were so interlinked. Like Absolutely. And, you know, Rue loves a Bob Mackie. Um, Maya Iman LePage is next. I thought this was good. It doesn't here's the thing, it doesn't match the photo that she provides of like what she's No, but I felt like she just dragged it up, right? Because the look of Cher at the burlesque uh premiere is yeah. what that she's doing. It's not very drag, but no. it's a look that is very basic that can be elevated to the level of drag. And I thought that uh, Maya did that. See, what I thought I felt it was is that I thought she I think when putting the like when you're getting together, like go to drag race, I think she put together sort of like a classic share look. Like, this is something Cher would wear, but it's not, like, a specific, like, siding thing. And then she kind of was like, oh, like this. Like, when you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is fine. I don't think, like, you know, I mean, I guess the Night of a Thousand category is so much to matching. Yeah. Like, that, that becomes important. I will say, in this look, doesn't she kind of remind you of T.S. Madison? A little bit. Yeah. She can def- I feel like she could do a really good T.S. Madison yeah. Snatch game. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, then we had Geneva Carr, which I thought this was, oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I thought, I thought she, I thought it, A for effort. Yeah. I thought it was a good choice of a look because it's very different. Like, it's not something you would expect from Cher. This more like carnival red vibe. I do, I do think, I don't like the paneling in the middle. I I like, I agree with people who were critiquing that it kind of just made her look a little wider. And it's not the same in terms of like, this is like a full sleeve and the original look is sleeveless. Right. 
Like, yeah, it just... It, well, and those feathers on the sleeves are just not giving. It's like little bitty, like, plastic feathers mm-hmm. as opposed to the the big, like, billowing Expensive. thing. Ugh, yeah. That looks so good on share. <laughs> um, Mirage is next. I like this look, but then... Okay, so then let's all, let's all talk about hair gates, which apparently is, like, a thing with this look. Can how I just dare tell you, you wear, I don't give a fuck? I don't care either. Like... It looked good. I don't care that the hair is from the 60s and the looks from the 70s i don't care yeah but when it's rupaul like how i don't care <laughs> but, Ruth can go suck it <laughs> i do i think it was raven on fast and photo review that this was also kind of giving like it verges into like hercules um megara, megara. like it slightly does that and but, the color doesn't help because that's the same color that megara wears yeah but i love the and when and spoiler alert, when we get to the lip sync like it this <sighs> outfit looks whatever about the lip sync we'll get to it this outfit moves so fucking well in that lip sync there's a spin that mirage does in the lip sync that everyone is just resharing because it's so yeah. goddamn beautiful yeah it's it's fantastic um then we had megami which i thought was good like this is sort of like classic what you think of share like this, this is honestly before they told me that it was the burlesque pr- premiere, this is what I thought Maya was doing. Right, it's very, it's it's very similar. To similar that. black, you know, black bodysuit, black leather coat or jacket. You but know? there's enough like lift in the hair, right, to where it makes it sort of more share like. And she, I did like she did talk in her runway, like you know, I am known for being a cosplayer, so like this is something that like yeah. And and as far as like an actual cosplay look, it's really good. Yeah, like you know, I could see this as like an actual like impersonator. Honestly, this is. This is a really great look for Megami because it it looks great on her body mm-hmm. and it really makes her body look amazing. Yeah, I agree. Then we have plain Jane and I I mean the dress is gorgeous. <laughs> it's so fucking gorgeous. It it is. It's not the same dress. No, the other dress is a little more nude illusion. Right. Um there or there's a, an, at least more showing in the original dress. Right. Um but I think it's a good enough interpretation. Yeah. Um I do agree that the hair could have been a little bit longer. Um but I I think for just a gorgeous gown like it's like, you know, gowns, that, beautiful gowns. Gowns, beautiful gowns. Um it would definitely uh cost her a pretty penny. Um then a mandatory meeting. This is the other one I said looked like Selena a little bit. Um, she's doing the the share doll, which I thought was smart. Yeah, but if you're not going to, like, I don't like that she just did the X of fabric and then, like, attached, like, foam titties on the inside of the X. Yeah. And didn't attach that to her chest in any way. Right. Because it's just sliding all over. It's not It's not the most, it's a little wonky in that regard. The The boa is tool, Amanda's boa is tool and the original one is feathers. Like, right. you know, I thought, I thought it's fine. The makeup is still a lot, but it's a little better than, uh, than in past couple weeks. Yeah. I would say this is maybe the best Amanda's looked. Yeah. Um, like, I, I will say that she no longer looks like her eyes are too close together. I agree. She has fixed that problem. So she is actively working on it. And d- despite what Plain Jane said, I do think that this is a place where you can go and work on drag. Because you're getting advice from the people who are leading the industry. Well, but also makeup is the easiest thing to fix on this show. Right. You don't have to change your whole wardrobe. Right. You know, um, I will say also a quick note, uh, side from this, um, congrats to Amanda for coming out as trans. Uh, yes. This past week. Love that. Great for her. Love another trans sister in the fold. 
Um, then we had Dawn uh, with this look, which I do agree was smart to do a black and white look that you can kind of interpret whatever way you want. I really color. liked this. I liked it too. A lot of people were uh, did not like it as much. Um, is it just me or the in the original picture does Cher kind of look like Barbara? Yes, it, it really. She really just looks like Barbara, actually. Like I almost didn't realize that was Cher. I was like, "Is that Babs?" Yeah, that looks like Babs. It really kind of does. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I kind of want. I'm. I want. I would love a moment like this to be a moment where Dawn maybe does slightly different makeup just for this look. I don't need her to because here's the thing: she's making her makeup look good in all these different looks. I have never looked at. Like, because she did this and she's done the Audrey Hepburn thing and it didn't look out of place. Sure. it She made it work and still made it dawn. Yeah. That's what I want. If you're going to stick to your signature makeup, at least make it fit the look. And she's not made it not fit the look. It's never stuck out. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, Q is next. My God, this is great. <laughs> like, it's so good. Ugh. And again, she fucking made this thing. Like, it's like... It's just um, phenomenal. Like, the makeup also is very good in terms... I, it, it's very... I mean, it's Q's makeup still, but it, it, to me, it still gives a very much share vibe. Maybe it was just something in the way she sold it, too, was, like, there was a, a, a regalness to it that you get yeah. from the original look that she really presented. Um, yeah. It's just a great... Like, the, the feather headpiece is amazing. Well, and just, like, a, a crafting note, like, something that really impressed me is that she put the the um zipper in the side so that it was all in the white mm-hmm. so that it hid it's so, so a lot of queens wouldn't have thought to do that they would have put it straight up the middle and it, you would have seen it cut through the black yeah right she was smart enough about her construction of the garment to go no i want to hide this i'll put it on the side to where it disappears it's just you could tell that she's an artist. Yeah. She's not just like all drag queens are artists, but the level of artistry that this bitch is delivering is next level. Yeah. It's really great. Uh, Plasma is next and her look is from the Met Gala. Um, this is really cute. Really, really, again, very striking. Um, I love, they noted, I like that whoever noted that like it was smart for her to go like maybe a little darker in terms of like vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it, is what I would expect Plasma to wear for this look. And what was it that, uh, who was it? It wasn't Raven. It was, uh, Raja on fashion photo review that said something about, Oh, well this is, you know, you know, what drew everybody to share at the time was her being dark. And I think that was Raja, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't think of share as being dark. Well, no. I mean, she wears a lot of black, but I don't think of Cher as being like this dark, like, verging on goth mother. Like, that's not what I think of when I think of Cher. I think of that. I think of Bob Mackie. Sure. (laughs) I think of that Cher in a certain era. Like, I don't, I think there's eras of Cher that are definitely not that, but. And maybe, maybe I'm just missing an era of Cher, but like, I, I, that's just not how i see share yeah nymphia wind with this like cleopatra look was fantastic i love such an iconic look and i love how good the nude um like bodysuit is i did not notice it was a bodysuit until watching it back yeah it's really seamless like fantastic stuff 
Um, and then I, oh my, and then Safira just hit it home with this blue look. Like it's fan fucking tastic. It's so extravagant. There's so much like it's pinpoint accurate while also just being taken up even like further notches, like with the Mm -hmm. drag elements, like God, like she really is just so striking and fierce and like everything that you would want. Um, yeah, fantastic. Like I said, one of the best runways. Um, Rue, uh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> we also got to talk about, so they narrowed down the, well, okay. So the, we, they didn't even say, I feel again, they didn't say this. So it's like, like I would have loved clarification, but they're not doing the rankings anymore. Right. It was just that the, the first two weeks and then the first, the ball. Well, last week when they said that they were going to do rank a rate of queen, they said one more time. Right. So. I mean, there was the implication that we're dropping it after this week. I guess. But, it's, yeah. Just to make it more clear. Um, but Safira and Playing don't use their potions, and then uh, back to regular rules. So Rue announces the top uh, as Plain Jane, Q, and Plasma. The bottom is Maya, Iman LePage, Geneva Carr, and Mirage. Um, and then we get to Maya. Uh, they're going through Maya stuff. They're kind of critiquing her share look. I don't even know how it got to the point, but, like, they got her to do a share impression. Oh God. And it is, it's literally just Kermit the Frog. It, it's bad. It's Kermit the Frog doing share. Yeah. I'm great. <laughs> like there's a, there needs to be a whole raspiness. In it. There's, it's like back of the throat when you're share. Yeah. Hers was just like, like all teeth. Like, yeah. And, and I love Rook dying and being like, that's going to be the meme of the season, which I can I also say, I'm sick of them telegraphing that. Like, yeah. They do it a lot now. It's like, well, this is the meme. Now put this on the t-shirt. It's like, let them do it naturally. But also it's not going to be the meme because nobody today cares about share. I, not that, oh, but. I, I, not that that's a good thing. I don't think that's a good thing. I think that, you know, modern, you know, younger queer audiences need to be educating themselves about the history of pop icons that are important to the queer community. Absolutely. But the fact is they don't. Right. The fact is that pop icons today that are important and relevant today are Gaga. Even she's kind of going out a little bit. Um, like Dua Lipa, you know, those artists yeah. that are current. That's what matters to this generation. And that's why a lot of people are critiquing Drag Race because it's like you keep referencing all of this old shit, which is fine. You should be. But like you're not referencing anything new and you're mad at people for not getting all the old shit when you don't understand anything that's current in the last 15, 20 years. Well, they're in a weird place now, I would say with that, with like the MTV, like sort of acquisition where it's like, I do think they're going either so far retro or like, so modern but even their mtv references are old nobody like well yes but like i'm saying like in terms of we'll get to it like because i feel like that discussion with the fan base that you were saying about like it's too old shit really came up with this lip sync right which i I found really annoying i don't know this song are you fucking serious yeah it is but that's the, the okay this is that's the thing i'm that that annoys me actually not on your behalf but just on like like i share I know some Cher songs, but I don't know her whole discography. I know that she's important. I know how important she is. 
But like, I haven't gone back and listened to all of her music. This is so the this song is so quintessential to gay nightlife in particular. Like, the, like the, it's like there's the call to action where they do the. Like, like in the points of the song and you'll have people, I think it was Trixie was saying like, you have like people like slamming their drinks on the tables whenever it happens and it gets played in a club. Like it's so, it's like, it's literally are the stars at night are big and bright deep down, deep in the heart of Texas. Like it's that, but for gay people, like it's like, but see that stuff has not been preserved and has not been communicated and and made part of the because when those things were happening we didn't have the internet sure we didn't have a wide a, a way of dispersing that across everybody we only had whisper networks we had and you'll see it in clubs today but it's from a different generation right like I, but maybe that i mean i Maybe it's on Drag Race to educate people more about it and sure. to, like, you know, teach people about why this is important and why this is so iconic in many ways. You know, like, maybe instead of, you know, dropping a new show in every country like you're the Britons trying to conquer the world, <laughs> um, we can, you know, in the off seasons, perhaps create shows that are about education of queer history yeah <laughs> this is a drag race manifest destiny <laughs> honestly like like we rupaul is fracking and colonizing the world yeah <laughs> like <laughs> we can't go into that no 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 moving on um, oh the fracking <laughs> Can I also talk about the jump scare that we both have when they're doing because they're they, when they send them to the back and they're kind of doing their set critiques again? They show the shot to Q in the back in the untuck with no headpiece, bald, <laughs> and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> she's been scalped. It was so strange, but yeah. So they come back. Um, Plasma wins, which <laughs> Plasma goes full Taylor Swift winning any award ever. <gasps> <laughs> He's sort of like vehemently shocked. And then in the confession, I died laughing. Sobbing. So, she like goes, yeah! <laughs> and then she goes, it means so much. And it all aligned in like the perfect way. And then she says, I can't wait to tell my mom. What's going to happen if she wins the season? Ah, she's just going to have a heart attack. Like we, well, it won't happen on the show though, so that'll be fine. Week four acting challenge, and you're just like, yes. It's like calm it down. A like there has to be like <laughs> a level. I wild. Honestly, I don't think she should have won. And again, oh really? I, I think it should have been Q. <sighs> I I do. I love Plasma, and I think that the singing live was great, and all of that stuff was fabulous. I think Q's performance was better. To really? me, it's more indicative of SNL. SNL. I can see that. I think it's one of those things where it's like, and that sucks with the Q stuff. It's like, you can make an argument for both. Like every time Q is second, you can make an argument as to why she should have won. Right. And it's not just simply you were second. Like, right. It, that can well, be- she's the Susan Lucci of Jack. Yeah. Um, the And then Maya gets saved. And so the bottom two is Geneva and Mirage. Is it I, Susan Lucci? Yeah, Susan Is that Lucci. the name? Yeah, you're right. Okay. I just, like, I <laughs> Wait, just since had, you real, Since I, you realize you don't know anything before, like, <laughs> 2000. <fuck> whatever. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So, Geneva and Mirage are the bottom two. I thought it was right to save Maya only because I didn't think Maya... Well, other than Maya's look, I don't think she should have been bottom three. Right. I don't think... Yeah. She shouldn't have been bottom three. I mean, people could make the argument that because Maya was bottom three safe last week that maybe, but, like, you know, I... I 
yeah, I get why Mirage was in the bottom, but I was literally, but it was so sad because literally it happened. I was like, sorry, Geneva, you're going home. Like that's what's happening. Yeah. I, and then, I spoke oh too boy. soon. <laughs> so what's frustrating about this lip sync? Can I say, so they performed yes. dark, dark lady by Cher. That's the, that's the song. So what's frustrating about this lip sync is that Mirage clearly like didn't know the words, right? But she knew the song because she was hitting dance moves that were indicative of the the lyrics. So she de- can I say, watching it back? She definitely knew the beginning, right? And she knew the end, and she knew the chorus. Uh, the chorus, yeah. But there's a middle part that's like yeah. like a little, and also this song. Like the other thing, people were mad how they cut it up in the episode, yeah, because the song is actually basically just like a long story, right? But they. We also know that they don't lip sync to the whole song if it's a long song. Right. They lip sync to a cut up bit of it. So this may have been closer to what they actually lip sync to. Yeah. And I, but that's the thing, like at the end, at the end where Michelle just whispers to herself, not one word. It's like one, fuck you, Michelle. That was unnecessary. But also gag. And yeah. But also two, she knew some words. Right. There were some words that she knew. Also good to know that the reason, like, I think part of it, in Untucked, she was definitely drunk. She, oh, yeah. She, like, comes into Untucked and just pounds a can and then, like... And then get, gets another one to drink throughout Untucked. Yeah. So, yeah, she was a little tipsy. Um, but I thought it... Here's the... I was... I'm not trying to be a Mirage apologist because I saw a lot of people being like, well, she should have won anyways because she wiped the floor with Geneva. And it's like, and no, I, the people who it's had to not be a like, dance for your life. It's a lip sync for your life. If you don't know the lip sync, you don't win. Yeah, the whole point the is the lip sync. But I would argue there are definitely other people in past lip syncs where you watch and it doesn't seem like they know all the words. Hers right. was maybe more egregious. Like there's definitely like when you look at the mouth, it's nothing. Like it's just yeah. like, but like they could have post edited this to make it look like Mirage won. Yeah. And that's kind of my frustration. They really could have. Because the moments in which Mirage is great in this lip sync is great. Like... Yeah, I think they just... It, it's weird because they will do that for other people. Mm-hmm. And they have done that for other people. Um, and I just don't understand why they wouldn't... Do, maybe they just didn't... Because the reactions from the judges were so obvious... Yeah. I think that's why they were like, we can't really, there's not a lot we can do. Just shots of Ross Matthews squinting. <laughs> just like, well, and also like Rue was mad, right? Because yeah. every time that you don't know the words in a lip sync, Rue gets mad. She didn't even wait. Yeah. Like it was, it was literally, okay, get out. <laughs> Which I felt so bad. Like it was, and so it, like Gen- Geneva gets saved. Like you mentioned, Mirage, Mirage goes home, but as she's like Rue saying the like typical goodbye, Mirage breaks down crying, and Ugh. like e- like intensely, like viscerally crying, like uncontrollably, and like everyone in the back sobbing. Like Geneva should have stayed on that stage with her. Yeah. When. She, when that was the reaction, Geneva should not come oh, back. I th- well, I think she had already gone back before that happened. I don't care. Turn around and come back. <laughs> Bitch, come back. Well, my thing was like, I was shocked that Safira or Plain, neither of them were like, hey, can I use my potion? Which I don't think they can because... Like, I don't think they can either. But like, I would have at least tried. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and we don't know. Maybe they did. I don't think they did. Yeah. But I mean, still. Um, but like... Dawn is supposed to be one of her 
wasn't Dawn saying that she was really close to her? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so get your ass out there. That's your friend. I don't give a shit if the producers are going to be mad at you. Like, if the whole cast walks out there and stands with her. I would have loved if Dawn went up there, like, and took a couple steps and was like, get the fuck back to your mark. <laughs> Dude, just the, the, red the, dot. the red dot on her forehead appears. <laughs> and, well, I, and, and also, I think now looking at back, the part that, like, I, how I said that they could have edited it in a way to, Mirage fucked herself when she was in, untucked, mic'd up, tell, and Amanda's like, you got this, whatever. She's like, I don't know the words. Yeah. I don't know the words. And like you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. So they can hear everything. Uh-huh. And and all and honestly, you just had a all that did was have a producer get into Rue's head and go, She doesn't know the words. Pay close attention to the fact that she yeah. doesn't know the words. Guarantee you. I thought I feel like you could have missed it, maybe. I don't know. But like, yeah. I I mean we we watched it as they aired it and I clocked it. So, sure, yeah. Like well, I'm just saying. I mean, the dancing was gorgeous, and she clearly knew the song. She was giving the song, yeah. right? She was, you know, there with the right emotion, there with the right certain words she was dancing to. Like I said earlier, she knew the song. She just didn't know all of the words in between the points that she was trying to highlight. Yeah. And and I get it. I struggle with lyrics. I really struggle with lyrics. So, like, I understand. But, yeah. however. She has to go off. Yeah. The way these, like, twings on Twitter were just being like, no, there's no reason why she couldn't have. It's like. It's a lip sync <laughs> for your life. Yeah. Lip sync or die. Basically. It, uh-huh. So, no, yeah. sorry. But she'll be great on an All-Stars. So, Absolutely. I love the tweets that are, like, she, on All-Stars, like, 13 or whatever, when she lip-syncs to Believe by Cher and does amazing. It's going to be the best, biggest right. redemption. Um, yeah. But, yeah, sad Mirage went home. Um, but overall, like we said, really loving this season of Drag Race. Excited for what's to come. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of The Traders. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com 
Welcome back to A Gay in His MB. Let's head on over to Scotland where Phaedra lays down the law and the rest of the cast is running around going, Caw! Caw! On the traitors. That might be the stupidest point you've ever <laughs> fucking done on this podcast. <laughs> oh my god. You're welcome. Traitors for this week. Love this episode. I, I will say, not loving, didn't love the conclusions of the eliminations, but like, right. led to a great episode. Um, I think it's, I, I think there's definitely like, big personalities coming to the forefront and there's people who I had no knowledge of, like are kind of emerging both in good and bad ways. We'll get to it. Yep. Um, yeah, Uh, this is not Kevin's episode. Spoiler alert. Absolutely not. Um, we come back to the turret after Phaedra was reading, uh, poverty, the riot act about the whole stuff that happened at the round table. Phaedra's talking about, for you to throw me under the bus, and Poverty's like, I was talking about Larsa. Phaedra goes, you said the housewives. That's what you said. Poverty's like, I was doing it to get out Larsa. And she goes, well, don't do it with my name. Right. <laughs> Basically. You're not going to try to, like, you know. I, they're still trying to, like, figure out a way to, like, trick Phaedra. And I really think at this point, at the very least, Poverty realized it's not going to work. Right. You know, she decides that, like, you know, Poverty says, like, I wasn't sure, like, if you were actually mad at the round table or you were just acting. And Phaedra goes, I'm not an actress. And so it's like, stop with the actress shit. Like, yeah. they already, you, like, the, like, I think it's still gameplay and stuff like that. But that was, like, that was a personal attack that you maybe didn't realize, yeah. Poverty, but, like. Well, and it's a, it's a, it's a sore subject for all the housewives. Yeah. Because that's been the thing for 17 years. We're sick of it. Since OC started, it's been the the uh, the accusation that this shit is fake. Are there people that produce? Absolutely. Yeah. Are there people that make up storylines for themselves to get themselves over in the season? Absolutely. But by and large, these women are just over-the-top people who are just showing their lives right at the end of the day phaedra is just phaedra and that's what makes her entertaining that's why we love to watch her yeah that's why she was casted in the first place it's not the other way around where it's like right. you find a person and then yeah um but po- uh poverty apologizes and phaedra accepts it and she's like let's proceed like <laughs> basically like you know i i had to tell you what was what but like i'm gonna move on because we have a game to play right i like, i hope Phaedra keeps that eye out the corner of her, like... I think she... I don't... I think she is very clear-headed. Good. Um, and so, Poverty offers Phaedra the kill for this week. Basically, like, she's like, I took out Ekansu. Like, let, I'll leave it up to you, basically. As sort of, like, a peace offering. <laughs> um, they're discussing things, and they're kind of like, we need someone that's going to, like, throw off people or whatever. The names that get thrown out are Sandra and Tamara. And we were both like, well, fuck, either way. Like, that's going to suck. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, but, and Dan's just basically like, which one causes more confusion at the end of the day? Like, you know, so there's that big cliffhanger between that. We then go to breakfast. I do think they made the wrong choice here. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe, I kind of believe so, but explain why. Um, so they choose, uh, Tamara. Yeah. Tamara goes home. Um, it's pretty obvious, right? That's the obvious choice. If you want to keep people from thinking a housewife, is, you know, one of the traitors you take out a housewife. Right. Right after they just had an argument about the housewives, one of them being, it's too obvious. It actually 
to me indicates absolutely There's one of the housewives, housewives in, is a traitor in the mix. To me, so now two of the housewives are gone. There's two left. I think. On the, I think one of their underlying thought processes, and like I kind of figured it out, like at the end of this roundtable, this episode was. I think they wanted to keep the big game players. I think they wanted to not kill the game players. They wanted them to be banished because you like you want them. T- you want more of them in the mix in terms of the round table to give you more cover. And so, like, if you were to, like, kill Sandra, like, you would much rather a case in which Sandra seems like a traitor and so, therefore, everyone guns for them. The problem is, is that they were right in their assumption that with there being five people from Bravo, one of them is going to be a traitor. Right. It's just odds. They were right in that. And if you keep picking them off... It's going to point out Phaedra. Yeah. So they needed to leave Tamra around because Tamra is also going to provide cover at round tables. I kind of, yes, but I also wonder if Tamra, I mean, maybe it was just the last episode, but like she did do a little bit good in the beginning, but it was like, I do think she was maybe slightly timid. Part of the reason why I was really sad that Tamra left was like, oh, I feel like she had way more game to play. Like, well, and then she also like burst into tears. She was crying and was like, you know. Uh, very upset about it, which like, I, I wonder, we were thinking like, maybe it was because of the, like the stuff that we know that like right before she left, like right. the stuff with Vicky and Shannon and all that stuff was happening. So and, like, and maybe it was a situation of like, seriously, like I left for this little bit of time and like screwed things up with my friendship with Shannon over this. And, you know. I'm not even here anymore and I can't like go home and be seen out because everybody knows I'm on the show. So now I have to just, I can't still can't be around her, but at least I don't have an, I have an excuse if I'm here. Sure. If I'm there, she's down the street and I can't see her. Yeah. I can't be out in public. And she did mention that, um, that she hoped that a housewife was not the one that murdered her. And did you see on, on Twitter, she was like, I'm coming for Phaedra at the reunion, which, yeah, I, which I don't think is fair. Well, like, no, it's not fair, but it's going to make for a great reunion. Like they don't know how to not treat this as like housewives still. Oh, sure. But I don't think Tamara knows who she's dealing with in Phaedra. She said on her podcast with Janelle that she was convinced that it was Dan that led the charge to kill her and to see that it was Phaedra was like, wow. Like, but. Well, but they also didn't show who led the charge to take her out. Sure, but they, I mean, in this case, it was definitely Phaedra's decision. Like, poverty left it to Phaedra. Theoretically, we don't know what discussion happened after they said that. Sure. We don't know what was edited. Yeah, that's fair. Um, CT and Janelle are the first two at breakfast, and they're discussing... Um, you know, what's going forward. Janelle's like, I don't think it's that, I don't think it is the housewives because I think what they're moving is just like them organizing votes. Um, and and it's not like, she says in her confessional, let's just be real. They don't have the skill or the strategy to have this mastermind about who to murder. And I'm like, Girl. wow. Like, I love Janelle, but it's like, like, again, it's like, it really is like class warfare or something. Yeah. With like, you know, housewives versus, yeah. Um, Peter and John then come in and then, so then those four start to talk. Peter says that his suspicions right now are on Dan and he brings us up to them. And it's like, Ooh, Peter emerged as someone who's, I think has potential to win this game. Yeah. Like we'll get to it later. He does a great fucking job. Like the rest of this. Um, yeah. So Tamara's killed. Everyone's shocked by it. Oh my God. And then Sandra is like, what? Why Tamara? Oh my God. And then Phaedra's just looking around going. Are there any boiled eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. 
<laughs> she said, I'm hungry. Phaedra has a great poker face. We'll get to it later with um, yeah. um, after the round table. Um, Alan comes in uh, to tell them F- Tamara's been murdered um, and says that there is a surprise that is soon to arrive at the castle, but he doesn't really elaborate on what that is. And so... Yeah, I was I was pumped. It was, it was so happy. Um, then also, C- I thought CT also really steps up because after Alan leaves, CT is like, "Yeah, we got to figure this out." And then he goes to d- turn, like, talks to Dan and goes, "Yeah, Dan, what do you think? Give me a theory, Dan." And Dan goes, "I mean, I'm just trying to like you know draw the red strings. Like, I'm not you know going to like throw out a name." And he goes, "I mean, at one time or another, everyone has suspected someone. So like, you haven't suspected like anyone." I feel like this was very, like, because the, the narrative later becomes, like, the reason Dan is being, like, looked at very suspiciously is because he's so quiet. He's not throwing out names. He's not, like, offering, not even just throwing out names. When people are discussing things, he's not even offering suggestions of who it could be. Right. And so, like, people are like, what the fuck is that about? So I thought, like, CT, like, interrogating him at this breakfast in a way was very smart on his part. Well, I I think that people have just not figured out how to be a traitor and avoid suspicion. The whole thing is, is that when you're a traitor, you have to be a traitor only in the turret. Yeah. Once you walk out of the turret and you You take that robe off, you're a faithful. And you have to, at that point, inspect everyone around you as if they could be a traitor. Janelle says that later when she's trying to convince them at Dan. It's like, look... I if I was a traitor, I would not be throwing out names in terms of faithfuls. Why, I would. Like, well, she's saying like, what would the point? Like, my goal as a traitor is not to get. Because they're well, but they're using it against Janelle that she's so active in throwing out names. She's particularly right. more active than anyone else. Right. And Janelle's point is like, it lends more to my benefit than Dan's that I'm more active than Dan being completely inactive. Right. Well, but that's what I mean. Like when when you are a traitor, you have to behave as a faithful, which means you have to be throwing out names, right. which means you have to be discussing like legitimate reasons that you can su- like uh, suspect someone. You got to get your hands dirty a little bit. Yeah. And like poverty, I think poverty is the only one that's kind of done. I don't I don't remember a moment where Phage was like particularly thrown out a name. Like I think it, the moment that mo- moment last week at the round table with the fight helped Phaedra in that. Right. But I don't think I don't see Phaedra throwing names either. I don't see her throwing names, but I do see her contributing to the conversations. Yeah. yeah like yeah. when someone else will throw out a name, then she will go, yes, and here's a reason why. Usually by the vote, she'll have an opinion right like, and so like that's enough sort yeah. of um yeah um john I, but as, after the ct like grills him john literally whispers to peter that dan is the traitor he's yeah. like fully convinced um which is like yeah get on that um at, as they disperse kevin is convinced that it's janelle because she just is giving traitor vibes like she you know threw out lars's name you know th- whatever i get like his point sort of but it's like kevin is the epitome of just being a bumbling idiot running into a wall at this point and just yeah. and just thinking he's the smartest person in the room. Well, it's like people are going for low-hanging fruit and that's why they keep missing. Right. Like if you're a traitor, you're not going to throw out a name and then that person gets banished and then you throw out another name and then that person gets banished. That's too obvious. Yeah. You have to be a little bit more submersive or sub Subversive. Subversive. Yeah, there's a V in there. <laughs> you don't that. have to be a submarine. <laughs> you don't have to be a submarine, but you do have to have the little periscope and look around. There you yeah. go. 
Um, yeah, they're basically Dan's looking to sort of piggyback on like Kevin's suggestions of like throwing Janelle's name out because once he finds like some other name, he'll like latch on. Right. Um, Janelle is convinced that Dan, she goes, I see all of the moves that he's doing that he used to do on big brother. Dan in the beginning plays possum and then he springs into action when the numbers are in his favor, which is very true. Well, and when you're someone who has had your gameplay, like thrown out, you have to come in with a different gameplay. Yeah, and he doesn't any he, but he's also well, he's not he sort of is doing that, but like he's he he sells later at the round table that like this is his gameplay. And so that's why I'm doing it and to be a faithful and to help the faithfuls. And it's like that's not tracking because your gameplay only works if you're a deceptive person. Right. Like particularly. Um, yeah. So they head out to the front for their mission. Uh, Alan gives them the brief that six of them will be competing in the mission outside while everyone else will be inside the castle. This fucking mission. Yeah. She, he then says that only the players outside can win a shield though. And so they all are debating who they want to be. MJ's getting really annoyed that like Janelle wants to be out there where it's like, you've gotten like two shields already. Like, you know, this is getting ridiculous. Like disperse it around a little bit more, but everyone's just kind of. Yeah, being selfish about it. Uh, it ends up being Kevin, Sheree, Janelle, Peter, Bergy, and Trishel, um outside as the callers, as we'll get to. Kevin and Sheree, man. Oh my god, the mo- they couldn't find uh, you know a mole at the end of their nose. It's just ridiculous. Did you like? Did you see the tweet that was like Kevin and Sheree for Amazing Race? <laughs> It would be phenomenal. Because someone has to go home first. Exactly. <laughs> oh, like, they couldn't even get on the first fucking airplane, I swear. No, they get lost at LAX and then, <laughs> or wherever. But, like, yeah, it, they're bumbling around. So, well, we didn't say. So, basically, the mission is there's these posts outside that they have to, in pairs of two, find the posts. Then they get to listen to a bird call. And they have to recreate the bird call on the walkie-talkie for the people in the the castle to where they then have to find the bird that matches it. They had a similar challenge last year. Yeah. What was it? It was, um, it was, it was, um, notes like oh, notes from a bell notes. tower. Yeah. 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 But like, this was hilarious because <laughs> the second that the call would come through the entire half of the cast that is back at the castle would go running through the castle, like doing the call. <laughs> Like, it, it was wild. Like running past Alan. And, and Alan's just, just openly laughing at them. It's fabulous. I love that. What was the line Alan gives later? She goes, something I never thought I would see in my lifetime is a former speaker of the House of Commons saying to me, fluffy pants from the forest. <laughs> now I can die happy. <laughs> I, just CT running through with his arms waving above his head. I just, I cackled. I have saved that gif. Uh, everywhere I can think to save it to make sure I never lose it. It yeah. is chef's kiss. It's it's so fabulous, fucking hilarious. Um, CT at one point doing his like radio host impersonation on the, on the walkie talkie, and Phaedra is cracking. Like Phaedra loves CT. She was saying yeah. on Watch Happens Live that what was she calling like her uh, trader or like something they, like something very romantic. And it well, was like everybody's been talking about they. They are going to be the showmance that comes out of this. I would be shocked but if that C- was true. But CT's not a doctor, so. Well, sure. But, like, 
I, she needs a medical someone. But that's so, I do not see them being each other's type. I've seen that theory thrown around, and I'm like, how the hell would that I don't, work? I don't see them being each other's types, but I see them being very cute together. I could see them fucking. Yeah. And that's, like, not to be crass about it, but it's like, you know, like, Phaedra would have no problem, like, with CC. No. But it's like... I just don't see like. <sighs> I mean, we've already talked about what we think of CT. Yeah, they're just two from two like completely different worlds to where. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bergy and Trishel, uh end up being the two that find the shield. So there's two shields out in the play that they can get. Um, but Peter and Janelle, who are paired together, Peter starts advising Janelle. Okay, like, and and I feel like him saying this was like giving the produce. Like, I definitely think the producers are winging it to to a certain extent, yeah, and, where it's yeah. like. And a bird base, they're winging it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, he's like, what if we just, when we come back, we don't tell the rest of the people inside the castle who has the shield? And I'm like, can you do that? Doesn't Alan say who has the shield typically at the end? But then Alan at the end was like, does anyone want to reveal if they have their shields? And, like, to me... Well, to be fair, Alan wasn't there to see who got the shield. Sure. But I also think the producer prompted Alan to do that. Like... Fine. Yeah. And and be different about it. But, like, yeah. But... So I was like, okay, this is interesting. I don't know what you're going here. The way Peter ends up working it out, I think, is incredibly fucking smart. Like, and, and such an interesting way to utilize this this uh new twist of the shield and like, we will see if it bites them in the ass next week yeah it's gonna be great they end up banking ten thousand dollars um and as i mentioned alan asked if anyone wants to reveal their shield and janelle says that they have decided as a group to not reveal it um but so they disperse uh, throughout the castle after the challenge peter is telling a couple people about like they all made the agreement they like the the six all made the agreement don't tell anyone about the shield but independently peter went around he told dan he told ct and he told uh poverty that he is the one he and janelle are the two with the shields right which is not true right it Ber- was bergy and trishel trishel so his logic being that if any three of those are the traitors and they end up attempting to kill Bergy or Trishel, and their sh- their kill gets blocked. Right. Then it narrows it down a little bit. Right. To where it's like it can be one of these three people. I I just I don't know why you would go for anybody outside. Yeah. Because you don't know for a well, fact where they landed. Poverty suggests poverty says just that later. But again, I think someone's ego is going to get in the way of that. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. But it's it is one of those things where it's like the more it was progressing throughout the episode, I was like, oh, this could maybe work. And then it started working a little bit more. And then by the end of the episode, I was like, holy shit, Peter could pull off like an actually like really impressive move in terms of like reality competition shows like this is really impressive stuff um yeah so janelle is basically thinking that dan is a traitor she's trying to convince everybody kevin's like giving pushback he goes like why he hasn't done anything that's (laughs) yes kevin he hasn't done anything that's the point well not not to mention dan just or uh kevin just being way off the mark he's also a complete and utter dick at this round table oh yeah we'll get to it um, yeah. And MJ suspects that it could be Dan, but then also things like maybe Janelle's got her hands too dirty. She's in the middle. And then she decides like right before to go to Dan to tell him Janelle's coming after him. And so it just basically leads to this big Janelle Dan divide that we're going to get at the round table. 
Um, before we get to the round table though, we have Alan talking like one of those like standing confessionals and we see a car pulling up to the castle. Um, he did mention, I, I, I love that he like, like made the point of saying, if you paid attention, when I talked to everyone in the beginning of the game, I said that there was 21 players for now. Right. And so like, obviously you would think it's like, yeah, cause people are going to get killed off, but like, no, like there was, you know, there was the open possibility. And then of course, what we've always been waiting for in the last couple of weeks, Kate Chastain arrives, sits in her chair, um, is just excited to be back. She gets, she opens her envelope to reveal that she is a faithful. She's not a traitor. And she's upset about that. She's Sad. Like, she's like, I'm a little disappointed in my traitor this time. I really wanted to see the turret. I really wanted like that special coat. <laughs> I thought it was like, she really does like, she was here for the drama. She didn't care yeah. about actually killing people. <laughs> well, she's like, I wanted to kill people, like, you know, and be in control of that. Be like, that person's having too many croissants at breakfast. Get rid of them. <laughs> like, she, like, she really doesn't, like, I don't think she gets the game. I think she gets the vibe of the game. And, like, yeah. Like, she's great at the round tables, actually. But, like, I think, like, she doesn't, like, you know, I don't think she has this necessary strategic mind, which I think was interesting to put her in like sort of like this way like part way yeah. through where it's like you don't have all the interactions you don't have all this sort of like you know right you know it is, it's it it came off to me like they wanted to bring her back at the beginning and she had a conflict for like the first couple days i thought i she said on what happens live because she had given birth like not that long after like not that long before this like, she may have just needed more time to like deal with like setting everything up and like healing from that yeah, that's, uh, those of you who may not know giving birth it wreaks havoc on someone's body yeah so I, like i think it was like six months or something like that so it yeah. was like not that long um yeah so they go to the round table and then alan says oh wait one more thing and then goes out out the front and then comes back in with another chair and everyone's excited and then kate shows up so yeah it's a big moment for them um, I love Janelle says hi to Kate and Kate goes, yeah, tell me everything. Who do we hate? <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting to see like Kate, like having to sort of like just go based off of this conversation. Right. Well, it was interesting too, because by default, it made kind Kate kind of the moderator. Yeah. Kind of. Because everyone had to get her up to speed. Mm -hmm. So it added some organization to the conversation that I think has been sorely lacking. Right. Um, a, too much crosstalk felt like a Salt Lake City reunion, um, <laughs> a little bit, but like this week was a little bit more organized, a little bit more, oh, finally, Andy's in control again. Yeah. You know, that sort of vibe. Kevin starts and goes, I like to state my case without being interrupted, if that's okay. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I was like, here we go. <laughs> I didn't like that. He goes, this group has a tendency to talk over each other without listening. So heads up, Kate. He's a little dickhead. He's a little dickhead. <laughs> Such a frustrating And Kate, dick. I think, realized it immediately. Kevin brings up Janelle's name, talks about the events of the last week. You've been throwing out a lot of names consistently, and they've all been going home, and they've all been faithful. Like, you know, Janelle is like, I'm not the mastermind that you think I am. Bergy then jumps in to speak up for Janelle. He goes, I just want to say if I was a traitor, I would not be throwing out names like Janelle was. If you were throwing out names and they're always incorrect, people will want to banish you. She creates a lot of chaos, and I think the traitors like that, and it's why she's still here. Bergy, exactly. Bergy's so fucking smart. Like, Peter and Bergy were like, I knew nothing about going into this. And I'm like, oh, you're the smartest two in the fucking room. Yeah. 
like in a way. Like it's like, yeah, great. Kate then asked Janelle who she thinks the traitors are. She, this is where I think this is the moment where I think Janelle kind of fucked up. She says Dan, which she has been saying throughout, and and proposes Dan name. And Dan. spoiler alert, alert, she's right. Right, but then she goes, I also think CT. Like, I think that you're, you know, whatever. And CD goes, great, I'm a traitor again. And then she also throws out Sandra's name. And I'm like, if you had, I think she should have just stuck to Dan. Right. It needed to be Dan versus Janelle going at it. And you had to spend all your energy convincing everybody that Dan's a traitor because you had CT at a certain point. At the very least by the breakfast. Right. And I think you could get Sandra, maybe. Yeah. Like, Sandra goes with the tribe. She votes with the tribe. She doesn't split votes. That's not how Sandra works. Yeah. And she and Sandra's like, I, it's like you just, like, flip now that we got to the round table. Why are you suddenly, like, yeah. you know, throwing me out there like that? Um, John thinks that it's not Janelle. Kevin asked him, who do you think it is? And he goes, I told you last night that I thought you were a traitor. <laughs> John was great, too, this episode. He was, yeah. like just really being sassy and just sort of like matter of fact. Um, he goes, I think your conduct shifts from one day to another where Janelle's is more consistent. Kevin then goes in on John. He goes, look, I felt there was a hypocrisy where, and then as Kevin's talking, Kate just whispers to MJ, what's his name again? Cause she's just trying to get a lay of like, who is who, what the, you know, dynamic is. So she whispers to MJ, what's his name? And Kevin goes, Kate, can you listen? Bitch. I love Kate going, yeah, I got it. You you think Janelle's a traitor? Got it. Awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't fuck with Kate Chastain like uh, that. And she will fuck with you back and she will win. Yeah. Peter then decides to throw out Dan's name, says that he's contributed the least. Dan goes, <laughs> Dan then turns to Kate and goes, Kate, I know that you don't know me. I like to hear evidence and reasons why. And I love Kate goes, you also win everything. So Kate's like, no, I do know you, motherfucker. I've done my research. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, um, Dan, yeah, Dan, I think, Dan, I think, pulls it off in the end in this debate. He actually does have, I think you, I, as someone who's watched Dan on Big Brother and you haven't, like, right. he, de- you, I hope that you were able to see, like, he has those, like, sort of emotional, like, heartstring moments that he plays on. Where right. He really flips it as if, like, Janelle betrayed him in a way and, like. Well, and he's able to do it without being heavy-handed with it he's very gentle when he uses that it feels a lot more um genuine and authentic when you do it that way like so many people do it and they turn on the waterworks and it's like girl yeah i need you to like bring it down to like an eight and it do- and waterworks don't equate genuineness right well they can but like it depends on who you are, right? Yeah. Like, if Peppermint were to turn on the waterworks, I believe that because it's Pep. Like, that's totally within, like, her, like, personality. Yeah. Dan? Absolutely not. Yeah. I need, I almost want to show you that season of Big Brother because it's a great fucking season of television and, like... Well, getting to see Janelle, I mean... Well, no, that, that I was going to say Dan's season. Didn't they play together? They did all. They did a like an all star ish season, like where they did, had they came back into the game. But Dan's original season is like 
quintessential. Like okay. it's yeah. Um, Janelle's like, when I come to you and I say, give me a name, you gave me nothing. And he goes, how I play this game is how I play big brother. And Janelle goes, and you won big brother. Dan's like, yes. And I can use those skills to help the faithfuls. But I love, I think even Trishel's like, okay, but like, because you're not throwing out names, you aren't being a good faithful. Like if you're doing the argument of like, you're trying to be the best faithful, that's not the way to do it. Right. Because when you're being a faithful, you have to vet every person. Yeah. Which means throw out a name, discuss them. No, great. And, Next. It, and it's not like you're vet. You keep like you're saying that you're vetting people, but then keeping it to yourself until you're a hundred percent sure, right? Right. And that doesn't do a shit. No. Well, it also means that you're only using information that you gathered. Right. You can't go. Okay. Well, what's your experience? Because then you can't check for inconsistencies. Yeah. And it's also like it's not even the argument of you're not not saying anything at the round tables you're not saying anything in personal conversations right and so what does that do like what's the point of that yeah um janelle's like okay dan who is the traitor and peter's like just give a name dude like just give a name and then he of course decides to name janelle because Mm -hmm. that's the obvious one name and he like i said like the way he switches it of like you know i can't trust you anymore like it's it's really well done in that regard um, they all go in to vote. Um, it's kind of split, but for the most part, between uh, Janelle and Dan. And they get to Sandra's vote. She's like, I think you're the traitor, Janelle. I think you were the last one to be recruited, and that's why you flipped on us like halfway through the first day or whatever. Janelle goes, spoken like a true traitor. And then Sandra then, they're about to go on to the next vote. Sandra takes her water glass and sips from it, and Janelle goes, yeah, drink that water. You're nervous, aren't you? <laughs> And it's like, she wasn't at all, by the way. At all. And Sandra goes, no, my mouth is dry. And Janelle goes, okay, Sandra. And Sandra goes, you're a traitor. And Janelle goes, you're a fucking traitor. And Sandra goes, you're a fucking traitor. Janelle goes, you're a traitor, bitch. And Sandra goes, you're the biggest fucking traitor, so fuck off. And Janelle goes, you fuck off. It was the fight we've been waiting for. It's like yeah. if, if at least if Janelle went home, at least she gave us this on the way out. Yeah. It was great. Um, they get to it. Sheree ends up being like the not the deciding vote, but like the way it's going in the lineup. It's like if she votes for Janelle, she goes home. I was really hoping it was like they do the build up. They go to commercial. It's all down to Sheree's vote. And it's all dramatic. I really hope she went, was going to go. Yeah, I voted for John again. Um <laughs> Uh, can I vote Alan out? Like, how does this game work? <laughs> like, but no, she ends up voting for Janelle. Um, Janelle ends up going home and being banished. She presents herself to the front and says that she is a faithful again. And at this point, it's like, if they don't go for Dan next episode, I don't understand it. Larsa, Larsa proposed Dan. Larsa went home and was a faithful. Janelle posed Dan. Janelle went home and was a faithful. Maybe go for Dan. <laughs> Yeah, well, and they're about to, and I'm pretty sure they they didn't tell us explicitly, but I'm pretty damn sure that Dan, like, because they go to the turret and Dan's like, I have to have this vote. This vote has to be mine. And part of it, he's like, well, um, who was it that was saying that? Well, yeah, let's get to that. Right. So, well, Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's get let's get to it because there's a little bit in between that. Right, right, right. Where, right. So Kate's there's like, the happy hour. Well, I was gonna say Kate's intermingling through the house and she says they're professional. They're all looking like, please help us. Like we haven't gotten any traders out. She's like, I'm just trying to stifle laughter. This is pure comedy at this point. I mean I think she be, did amazing her season. Right. Like 
didn't they wait until like this point to get a trader out first season? Yeah. It's like, come on. Um, and then I love Kate then says, cause they're all looking at the board or whatever. She, they tell her about Ek and Sue and the poisoning and stuff like that. Kate goes, I'm not taking any wine from poverty that she just offered. Pour your own cup. <laughs> the fact that she fucking pretty like, and, but I will say Phaedra is right next to her and Phaedra just goes, Oh Jesus. And she doesn't flinch. She yeah. doesn't flinch when Kate says it. Cause she's a lawyer. Yeah. She's so fucking we good. We forget that this bitch like worked on, uh, the fucking OJ trial, right? No, 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 no not the OJ no, trial. No, no, no. She was Bobby Brown's Bobby attorney. Brown, Bobby Brown's <laughs> Can attorney. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. But I, she didn't argue. I knew she didn't, it wasn't that she was arguing in that trial. That's, but there is a housewife that's really no. It's uh, uh, Fade or not Phaedra. Um, You're thinking of that one random housewife from Beverly Hills. But it wasn't even a housewife. It was um, oh, Faye Resnick. Faye Resnick. Yeah, and there was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Faye Phaedra. That that's why my wires got crossed. <laughs> anyway, you figured it out. Um, okay, so then they go to the turret. So this is right. the turret conversation. Dan, they're talking about like how Dan got really. You know, everyone really came for Dan. He uh, he goes, you know, I know I can be more vocal. And then the Phaedra goes, but your vocal has to make sense. It can't be I'm waiting until I'm sure. That's not making sense. I love Phaedra schooling Dan. And I love Phaedra just being like, dude, you're not the expert here. Right. Like, this is a different fucking game. Like, right. you need to listen to me for a change. And it's like, I thought that's such that's just a cool dynamic. Poverty goes, who are you going to throw out as a name going forward? And Dan goes... I'm going to sleep on it. And Phaedra goes, oh, my God. Like, he's doing it to us now, too. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, he's kind of, like, he's good in moments. Like, 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 I, like I said at the roundtable. But he is slacking. And yeah. I think he's, he's not as sharp as he used to well, be. Well, he's the most obvious. Like, he is so heavy-handed. And he has to play so much better yeah. than he is playing right now. Um, Phaedra goes, get your suit ready. Because if you play like this, I'm going to embalm you myself. <laughs> Honestly, um, poverty. So they're discussing the whole the, the topic of who has a shield comes up, and poverty says that Peter came to me and told me he had a shield, and Dan says right. he came to me too, and poverty immediately goes, "So he's lying, right?" Because why would he do that? Right. So then she goes, "We should murder someone who was not out there, though." Then right, someone that was in the manor, and then Dan goes, "I'm gonna, I'm just gonna tell you right now, this has to be my." kill yeah i need, I need to take the, out bergy i need to take this kill and i need to take out bergy he literally says i don't think peter's smart enough for something like that he's like if he fucks this up like next episode it's gonna be baffling like that someone this good at, at these games makes such a terrible move like that well and the thing is is in the previews we see that bergy's still there and i was like oh well that's a spoiler alert but it's not because he's he has not a going, shield he has a shield so he's not going home whether he gets targeted or not right Phaedra's like, like, cause Dan's like trying to convince Phaedra and Phaedra being like, Oh, you know, I love my burgalicious, which I guess is his nickname. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like, there's that big dramatic of like, is the, is it going to be Bergy? If it is, that's a, like Peter, that's a big notch under Peter's belt, not just for this game, but just sort of like, it is, like I said before, it's a big fucking move yeah. in terms of reality television. And well, like, I mean, Dan is one of those people that. Like, he's, like, created one of the most iconic moments in um, reality television history with the funeral. Yep. And, like, Dan is re widely regarded as one of the best game players in reality television ever. Like, it's him. It's Bananas. It's CT. Like, it's Sandra. It's 
uh, Tony, the other two-time winner of Survivor. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's a very s- small circle that he is a part of, and he is absolutely deciding to prove that wrong. Well, yeah. and it's At like, least it, when it comes to this game, because it's a very different game. It's not Big Brother. It's yeah, and not give, the I challenge. Him, I, it's not Survivor. I give him that pass. Like, it's it's a different environment. Right. But it's like, if so, and also, it's even bigger if you can get a move like that on Dan. Right. Like that, that's an extra level of impressiveness. Um, yeah, but that was the trailer for this week. This was a great episode. Um, so excited to see how things turn out. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of married to medicine. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and Zimby. Let's head on down to Atlanta where Phaedra is celebrating the birthday of the child, formerly known as Prince, on Married to Medicine. Married to Medicine for this week. Um, I think we were talking last week about how the drama is kind of slightly subdued in the last couple episodes. Not this episode. No, it's back. Heavenly's like, I'm back to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be as obnoxious as I can be. Um, <laughs> but in the best way. And Heavenly's, you know, the only way Heavenly knows how. Um, oh my god, I died this, like, they do the quick flash scenes of, like, things, but there's a moment where, so Heavenly is working on sweet tea in, like, in her dentist office to, like, she said to contour her gums, which I was like, oh god. What does that mean? I have no idea, but, like, people make, I mean, people have made a lot of comments about uh, sweet tea's gums already, because, like. (laughs) Yeah, she's got, she's, and and I have that that smile, too, where it's, like, top teeth and top gums is what's. Uh, like my bottom teeth don't show when I smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but she uh, sweet teeth makes a joke of. I just have to ask Gregory permission if you can play in my mouth, and then uh, Heavenly goes, 
So do you have the cards now or do I have to call him to get the money? And Sweetie goes, you got to call. And Heavenly goes, Quad had the cards. <laughs> this woman's a demon from hell. <laughs> so evil. Uh, her name should have been hellish. It, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So um, then we go to, okay, so Eugene is doing another date. She's doing, he's doing it in a flower shop this time with Toya. So they're doing this like interactive thing where they make like flower arrangements or whatever because he's trying again and he's trying something that like is more up, you know, Toya's wheelhouse, so to speak, because she talked about how much she loves flowers and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, like Toya, you better like, Get straight with this. Honestly. And she did. And and she was like, yeah, this is something I much more, you know, is my interest and stuff like that, which cool. But again, this also just shows that how good of a husband Eugene is, even Honestly. when it's like the, all the, you know, stuff he does correctly. If it's not right, he's going to try to fix it. So, um, Toya says that, you know, I've taken into account what Simone said. Like, I don't want Eugene to feel like I'm too hard to please. And she's saying this in the confessional with Eugene and Eugene goes, you are you, hard to please. <laughs> she goes, he literally goes, you know, it's hard being married to you, right? <laughs> Which I'm like, oh no, like don't fuck it up it's too bad. But like, yeah. It's, but like, honestly, call her ass out. Cause she deserves it. Um, and they talk about, so they're talking about Damon's networking event that's coming up and Toya offhandedly goes, yeah, you know, what's crazy? Like it feels so good to be around the ladies and it hasn't felt that way in a long time. She really said it as if like the quad thing just didn't happen. She's like, I don't know what's different. Like (laughs) (laughs) now, but what I will say is, and I'm not saying quad is solely the responsible, like solely responsible for the show being entertaining or combative or whatever, but it's like, okay, that's good. But like the Kumbaya stuff needs to break for a little bit, Toya. Cause yeah. And, and I'm glad it did, but yeah. heavenly decided to clock in. Um, they go to, okay. So the Dr. Damon does his medical mixer, which is in the same cigar club as literally last episode. <laughs> is there anywhere else to go in Atlanta? Apparently not. Like, was Damon just there and was just like, let's do it here. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Can Okay. But I was so confused because this is like, it's like a mixture for like medical, like doctors in the community, right? So it's like, like they talk about it. It's like networking and like we get the ability to like, you know, they, people can then refer patients to Damon. And so like, it's, right. you know, stuff or whatever. And so I'm like, okay. It's like, but it's like in a cigar club. So it's slightly, I'm not saying it's like black tie right right but it's like i feel like it's gonna be a pretty professional environment you have a lot of like you know people in that type of industry whatever heavenly shows up like he, she's in a beyonce video <laughs> clearly dressed by phaedra <laughs> and not just because this looks like something phaedra would wear no phaedra's wearing this exact pretty much garment in her confessional and it's also phaedra's old wig like it's, it's oh is it really I, I missed that i don't know if it's actually but it's like it's she there was a period where phaedra had that sort of like blonde like yeah. parted bob hair and like heavenly never wears her hair like that no it yeah I, now that you say that i'm like oh yeah that is clearly a phaedra wig but like heavenly the dress is so tight on her thighs that when she's walking up the stairs, the goods are on display. Oh, yeah. Because that the, the feather bottom line of that dress keeps inching up to where, like, at the right angle, her vagine is 
out in the wind. Oh, not just Vagine. Like, like Simone makes a joke of, I see a nipple showing. But you were, like, you have they to point out to having me, to blur out her nipples in this scene. Like, literally any shot of, of Phaedra, or Phaedra, of Heavenly, if you pay close enough attention, there's, like, a tiny blur. like right, <laughs> A little pixelation section. And it's, like, I just, it's too much boobage, I think. I, I you know, where would you want to wear? But it's, like, I just feel like for this event, like. Yeah, it. It doesn't seem appropriate for the event. Yeah. Phaedra arrives and she you know, talk, looks at all the eligible doctors because she needs a way to get in next season. Because uh, <laughs> we're just going to, unless we're just going to completely ignore that rule. Uh, Phaedra says to her professional, I'm single and ready to mingle. I'm an angel drifting chocolate. Be ready to lick me. I'm like, oh, my God. Phaedra is so graphic with her sex she talk. She really is. <laughs> um, she always has been. Heavenly brings up this guy and goes, you know, this nice little gentleman caller for Phaedra. He's a chiropractor. And uh, Phaedra makes a comment of like, oh, he want to play the drums. And then he goes, I can play the drums. And then like literally like leans over to look at her ass and goes, are those drums? Sir. Nasty. And you're a doctor? Go the fuck home. Like, like. Horny ass bastard. They didn't. I don't think they showed his like name and title on like the screen. And I'm like, I uh, out him. I get why. Phaser says in the confessional, the only way you're gonna get rap a tap tap on this booty is if you clap a clap clap and make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is she's so dismissive of him. Uh-huh. It's hilarious. Um, Damon goes, Damon and heavily go up to the stage or whatever. Cause Damon's going to get on the mic. He's everyone's kind of, uh, conversing and heavily just grabs the mic and goes, Hey, my man about to talk y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead, daddy. <laughs> Damon thanks heavenly, uh, particularly for like the support and everything. And it's sweet. And then Damon goes, I told one of my friends, it's like going out with one of the boys, but she's super cute. When I first met her. It's like the look on everyone's face was like, that's a compliment. But I actually think Heavenly takes it as a compliment. Right. I, I don't think Heavenly was ever a tomboy. But no, like, but it, like, I think what he means by that is he can relate to her without trying to. Sure. He doesn't feel like he's trying to impress someone. He just gets her. Yeah. He says like when we were in, you know, starting out in school or whatever, it was like she could, you know, drink beer and watch the football game and like right. sort of that kind of vibe. And like it was... You know, and yeah, I I can see that, and I don't think Heavenly like, I don't think Heavenly's like so caught up on that element, right? You know, also she was looking for a man. We know at the very least to trap him. <laughs> uh-huh. we, I mean, and she literally said it, <laughs> like not. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Heavenly then gets the mic and goes, "I got one more thing to say, Phaedra Parks. Can you come up here for a minute?" And then she goes, "I'm going to put on my other hat. I'm a relationship expert." <laughs> Absolutely not. I forgot that this was a thing that she was a relationship expert. (laughs) Like, remember when she was really trying to sell that? Yeah, and then she took the cast on a trip that was an absolute disaster. Oh, man. To the point where she was banned from doing cast trips. Yeah, never again. She goes, any single man in the house? And then, like, it then becomes literally like an auction. They're like, 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 they're literally auctioning Phaedra at this point. At one point, Heavenly sees a guy and goes, oh, you're married. That's all right. We'll get you later. Later? Ma'am! Is his, is his wife in the room? I'm like, please. I think she was just like, let's not have you on camera. Yeah. <laughs> I love Simone going, now, last time I checked, Phaedra's a lawyer, not a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly is not her pimp. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
uh, the ladies are talking around a table and Simone asks Alicia about Kema and like, does he have like a newfound respect sort of like, of like you and like the household, like since you got, we went on the winery trip and all that. And Alicia's like, yeah, those four days really helped a lot. But I think she says her professional, like now will it last for two, two weeks after? I don't know. <laughs> but-, <laughs> but also uh, he didn't seem to have his tune changed during the trip while she was gone. Well, that's the thing, but I don't. Know, but she's just finding out because right. Simone, Simone turns to Toy and goes, "Do you t- did you tell Alicia the comment that Kemma made?" And Toy just goes, "He said the men here have no balls." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "We American women have too much freedom of speech that we're too independent." And Alicia goes, "Well, did he say it like that?" And I'm like. He kind of did. <laughs> yeah, he really kind of did. I mean, he didn't say anything about, like, freedom of speech, but, like... No, but he definitely said women have been running things for far too long. I'm still trying to figure out where he thinks women are running things. Mm-hmm. Like, they still make 70-something cents on the dollar. So, like, I need I need him to, like, sit down and shut up. Yeah. Alicia says her confessional, let's be real. I do respect my king, but I do have my own way of doing it. And I'm like... I I don't know enough of your dynamic, but you're very new, so you know. yeah, and you're a friend of, so you're not getting all the same airtime as everyone else. But based on how he talks, I don't think that's true. Uh-huh. I mean, unless you're in, unless it's just like your household and you're not instilling like life stuff on him. You know I, what I mean? I guess, but I feel like that should bleed over. <laughs> Maybe. I, I just I hope you're doing separate raising of your children apart from him. Yeah. Because mm. Toya tells her, your man seems like he's too difficult to take care of. I'm sorry. And then Alicia checks Toya and goes, he's very opinionated, just like you. You're a lot alike. <laughs> and like... Uh, maybe. Well, maybe not on the merits. She checks Toya in the moment just of the, like, back the fuck up, like, yeah. in that regard. But she does... I was annoyed. She does say her confessional. I just think in comparison to them, they're just way out of control. So when they see someone like me who respects their husband, they just want to make a mockery of it. And I'm like, I'm sure at the reunion, if they play this clip back, they're going to be like, oh, wait, so we don't respect our husbands? Right. Is that what you're saying? Uh-huh. Which I don't think is accurate. I don't either. Um, I mean, maybe Toya, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, Actually, and mm. I think Toya respect. Here's the thing: I think she, I think she negs him, not negs him, but like sort of like you know teases him a lot in terms of like yeah. that kind of stuff. I think I'm, she thinks she's teasing. I'm mostly kidding, but like, man, like some of the way, like. Cecil has gotten some flack over the years, some of which is deserved, but some of which is like, Simone, I need you to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Jackie's done a little bit of that, too, but not nearly as much. But Curtis has earned it. Curtis has earned a lot. And we will talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Simone then has, because all the girls are together, tells them that her and Cecil are hosting a couple's trip. And then she goes, what is amazing is some of the motherfucking OGs have been together for 10 years. And she's like, I know it's just Simone's regular voice, but she's just screaming in this fucking, it's like there's still an event happening. So and yeah. you're just like motherfucking Daniel. It's like Jesus Christ. Um, and they do like the the flashbacks of all the cast trip, the, the nicer stuff where like Simone and Cecil renewing their vows, all that stuff. Right. And then like the one you said were heavenly, like how the question. Oh God. Um, I wish they would have showed some of the like. Even, I mean, even the ones of like, remember when My- Mariah almost like stabbed Heavenly at the and that no, dinner? I forgot about which that. literally holy shit. That I think is the underrated craziest moment on reality television. 
Uh, it's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I love, I mean, the cast trip, the, the couple's cast trip is so iconic with Mary the yes. Medicine, so, um, it is a big thing. And then Simone goes, so Cecil and I have decided that we're taking the couple's trip to Hilton Head, South Carolina. And it just goes dead Crickets. silence. Crickets. You could have heard a pinfall. I swear they cut the music and the whole place went silent. Jackie goes, where? <laughs> and then it's like. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> then it's, uh, yeah, because when Curtis cheated on Jackie and was caught photographed with a mistress. It was in Hilton Head. Yeah. Um, I will say, just because that's where they was caught doesn't mean that was the only places they was. That's true. Because uh, you know they were at the Atlanta airport together. You know they were, you know, all these other places together. It's just that. Hilton Head is a particular sore point, but also I can understand how Simone that would slip her mind. So you think she she t- totally forgot about it? Yeah, because I I don't think that it's forefront in her mind. I do, however, think Cecil would have thought about it, right? Because she said Cecil and I. Yeah. Well, my, there's no way Cecil didn't connect that. I was I, what I th- was worried about and what I thought it was. I thought it was production throwing her under the bus. Because you also have to organize with production to a certain right. extent. And like, like you know, they the weren't going to correct knew. her. Right. They weren't going to correct her. Well, and not just that, but you also have to get clearance. Like you have to get all of this stuff. Like, um, like the the all the places you're gonna go, all the venues, the hotel, all of those things have to have like all of the contracts signed. So it's not like she could have switched gears. Yeah, it was too late in the game. She was screwed at this point. And so I thought that that was a that was really fucked up for the rest of the cast for this whole time to go, you need to change it. You need to change it. Like they don't know that they don't have that option. I guess. Yeah. Like it's really fucked up. Cause it makes, it makes, um, it makes Simone look shitty for refusing to change it. Yeah. Well, and heavenly's more than willing to play into that. Oh, of course. But Simone's just like, it didn't even cross my mind. Like, I forgot completely that those were the pictures were taken. Simone tells Jackie, how do you honestly feel about going to Hilton Head? And Jackie goes, I mean, I'd choose Myrtle Beach. And Toya goes, she about to go to the ghetto? I don't know anything about Myrtle Beach, but, like, way to drag them on this show. I didn't think Myrtle Beach. I thought, isn't there, like, golf tournaments that happen at Myrtle Beach? Yeah. I mean, that happens at Hilton Head, too. But, like, Myrtle Beach is also, girl, you were stationed in Killeen. Killeen, Texas. Yeah. I don't want to hear shit from you about nothing. But, then, okay, so then Heavenly gets, like, real, like... Like, if one thing for Heavenly to, like, sort of, like, be like, what are you doing, Simone? She gets, like, almost aggressive here and, like, getting in Simone's face and goes, you knew this. <laughs> and you chose to still go. You need to be more compassionate and think about other people's feelings. It's like, Jesus Christ. I really do think it was just Heavenly finding that moment to, like, dig oh, into Simone. completely. Yeah. Yeah. Heavenly said the last few episodes have been too quiet. 
Simone goes, uh, well, and I'll, well, I think it's that, but also like they all, they've talked about it in past seasons. This sort of like heavily in Simone, like feuding over Jackie of like, who's more her friend. And yeah. so like that's, you know, especially since Simone and Jackie had that big blow up and then like fixed everything. Yeah. Simone goes, we're already booked for Hilton head. And Phaedra tells Jackie, like, so how do you feel about that? And Jackie goes, we've never been. And I never planned to go, <laughs> which it's like, yeah. Ugh. But Jackie says her confessional that she thinks that Simone just made a big oversight that she doesn't think that it's malicious. Right. Yeah. Which is probably true. Um, Jackie that, but Jackie did mention she has to talk to Curtis about this. We then go to the next day that she's coming home from work and she sits down with Curtis on the couch to tell him about Simone and Cecil and how they organized this trip and where, where it is. And Curtis goes, why of all places Hilton head? I'll tell you, I'm a little over that. I bet you are. (laughs) I really bet you are. And he goes, because we've been down that road many times. Jackie tells Curtis, I really want to go though. And Curtis, well, I don't know if Curtis was, it may have just been editing, but he was kind of like, really? Jackie goes, you have to go there knowing that anything can be said. And I'm not moved by what people say. Like people are going to might talk about it. It might come up in conversation. She was saying later she was convinced that Toya would bring it up. I was like, I think it would be, well, Heavenly probably wouldn't bring it up because she's Jackie's friend. Like in terms of that. Well, here's the thing. Now that a big deal has been made about it, it wouldn't matter if it was at Hilton Head or if they, like, made heaven and earth move and, like, somehow managed to relocate to Australia. Yeah. The subject would be either this is where this happened or we had to change because that's where this happened. Exactly. So, like... Doesn't matter. It's now the conversation. And also, they do stuff on the couple's trip. I don't think they would necessarily even bring up the infidelity, but, like, they do bonding stuff on the couple's trip where they ask tough questions, typically. Like, it's not like, you know, it's about the good and the bad, necessarily. Right. And so I feel like it might have even come up without any of this. Well, and I did appreciate that Curtis seemed more upset about it than Jackie did. And the reason I appreciate that is because if he was like your standard reaction to getting caught cheating, right, Mm -hmm. is, well, you need to get over this, right? Like, this is not that big of a deal, or I'm sorry this thing happened, but it was in the past, and you really need to get over it. As the person that was cheated on, you need to get over it. Right. As opposed to the fact that how it is in reality is... Jackie has really kind of moved on and yeah, this is sore, but she can move past it. Right. Whereas Curtis is like, no, I'm really embarrassed that I did this. Like it really like, it is painful for me to go back and relive what I did to you. That's the way it should be. Right. Right. When, when someone cheats, they should be the one that is, you know, like, God, I don't I don't want to talk about this because it makes me feel awful what I did to you. Right. Um tune- it makes me think he's at his heart's in the right spot. Yeah. Tune into our episode out tomorrow when we talk about Vanderpump rules because <laughs> when we see a complete contrast with Tom Sandoval. <laughs> Maybe you should watch Married in Medicine. Maybe you can learn something. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, to have, you know, emotions. Um, we then go to Aiden's uh, 13th birthday party, which, of course, Phaedra goes fucking all out. There's a food truck. There's circus games. There's, like, men on stilts at one point. Like It was just yesterday that he was getting born at seven months pregnant. Oh, my God. When, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Shut up. That is so stupid. Um, but when they show, oh, my God, when later they show, like, the compilation of just, like, moments from Atlanta, it's like, my God. Like, when she's taking him to preschool for the first time, like, it's just, like, crazy. Um, Everyone's filing in. Gregory and Sweet TC Heavenly come in, and Gregory goes, you look like you're about to cry. You ain't got no kids no more. And Heavenly goes, shit, I'm glad those motherfuckers are gone. I'm not even lying. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe she called her kids motherfuckers. I can't. (laughs) Or uh, Heavenly. Uh, It was Heavenly. That was Heavenly that said that. I, 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 I'm surprised that Heavenly said it. But no, you are right. Simone would call them motherfuckers. Simone would call them motherfuckers. But honestly, the fact that Heavenly said that, it makes me think she didn't realize that they had started filming. Oh. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut the cameras. Dead ass. Yeah. Um, they, intro- they do the big introduction for Aiden. They have a trumpeteer um, called Milkshake Mayfield uh, playing in. And then... Of all people, fucking Dwight shows up to introduce Aiden. I wondered. I wondered if he would be here. Well, it makes, I mean, it makes some sense of like, I think back to the, whatever, his first birthday with all the cakes right. and like, like, yeah, it was crazy. I feel like we haven't seen Dwight in a while. Like, Oh, it was the last time we oh, saw him was at the She by Shrey fashion, fashion show, show with no fashions. Yeah. Like, my God. Like, yeah, it was great. Um, and he's got like pyro and like smoke and like... <laughs> It's, more pyro than WWE. Like, I, it was wild. Yeah. I hated what Phaedra was wearing. I don't know if you remember it. it like yeah, a, it was like... Well, the it, the problem was is that the tights were exactly matched to her skin tone, and I hate when that happens. But also the slit was placed weird to where it's like you could see up her, like, crotch area, but it was like nothing. Because, right, because it was skin tone leggings. Yeah. It wasn't even tights. It was leggings, but they were matched perfectly to her skin tone, so it looked like she was naked. Yeah. Um, they're talking around uh, the, uh, the party. Toya, I forgot who she even says this to, but Toya goes, I thought he would have came out with his dad. And I thought it was kind of even crazy for Toya, because there's like a child like at the same table as them, which I don't know if it was like one of Aiden's friends. I would Apollo like, doesn't want to be on TV anymore. Well, he was on Atlanta last or two seasons ago. I don't think that I. I don't think he would be a. Po- I don't think he wants to be on TV with Pedro. That's fair, but but it's also like I don't know. He was probably in the house though. Yeah, Toya says I really and truly believe if he's a good father, then he should be present. Who cares about his prison record? But, I agree. I agree. I wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> but I get. I mean, that's Toya. Um, they, oh my God. So apparently Cecil's brother, David, like is in town. And so he's at the party with them visiting. And he looks like Cecil's brother. Very much so. They all say hi. Heavenly points immediately zones in the fact that he's not wearing a wedding ring when they mention that he's married. And he goes, she goes, he's married. I know it ain't none of my business, but why don't you wear a ring? And he goes, oh, because I got fat. And she goes, my man band cost eighty dollars, but he wear one. Let me give you eighty dollars and go get you a ring. And she literally pulls out eighty dollars to give to him. Fast forward to Sweet Tea on uh, Watch What Happens Live, where she says the most expensive wedding gift she got was a two hundred dollar gift gift card. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Heavenly could pull out eighty dollars to give to a basically a stranger. Heavenly's not paying Sweet Tea nothing. <laughs> 
It's a wedding gift. I'm sure she gets the dental work discounted. I guess. You know, that's the, the like. Nah, she, she was still asking for that card. Oh, uh, well. But I mean, discounted still, you know. Mm-hmm. She, and she was Gregory's dentist for a long time. So, um, anyways, uh, they go to a table with some of the ladies. Oh, the, David comes with them to the table and immediately Heavenly goes, the man's married. That's not, that's enough. To, you know, you can walk away, sir. Thank you, sir. You can walk away. Like, just, well, cause he kept looking straight down. Uh, he looks straight down to, at Phaedra's boobs. Yeah. Straight down her top. And Heavenly goes, look at him. He's still looking, baby. Turn your damn head. <laughs> so great. Um, I, I will say as someone who is incredibly tall, it is very difficult to not see down a woman's shirt. Even if you're not trying to look. Yeah, he's the tall He was one. trying to look. Um, but I can tell you, I don't give a shit about other girls' tits. Like <laughs> Shocker. Like, they look nice in, in like, the clothes, but it's like, I, eh. no. So, yeah, I, I end up getting a lot of eyeful that I necessarily don't want to see. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. So, Kemma and Greg are talking at one point, and it's really just the two worst, like, misogynistic men on this show. It was rough. Talking about, isn't it great our women cook for us? And it was like, and the way Kemma's like, yeah, like, nodding, like, sort of, like, he's so invested in this. It's one thing to sort of have these views, but to be so invested, it's like, no, no. No. Um, Heavenly asks, uh, are you guys excited for the trip? And Simone goes, I'm really excited for the trip. And then Heavenly goes, what made you want to go to Hilton Head? <laughs> Already starting. And then Simone goes, I mean, I consider Jackson Biloxi. And Heavenly goes, my concern is with Jackie and how she's feeling. <laughs> the Heavenly pretty- was just like. Heavy-handed, like we are going to fight. <laughs> yeah, the producer asked heavily in the confessional, "Why do you think she didn't change the location?" And heavily goes, "Because she's stubborn." <laughs> but like what you're saying is so true. It's so like not just that. Like, like stop acting like she had a choice. Yeah. She didn't have a choice. And you could tell Simone's like right about to raise her voice to like go in on heavily, but right as she does, Tori, the party planner, comes up and goes, "Okay, so we're cutting the cake, guys. Can we all?" Have it? It's not a wedding. I don't need to watch you cut the cake. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And so, but they, um, Aiden goes over to cut his cake. This, I, I don't know about you. I teared up at Aiden, like, like giving thanking this speech Phaedra. to Phaedra. Oh, oh my heart. Oh. And Phaedra talks about, like, you know, he's really stepped into the role of being, like, the man of the house with, like, Apollo being gone. Like, he, and, and for, I mean, that's an unfortunate case, but, yeah, it's sort of an older sibling like that. Like, yeah. kind of has to do that. And it's, like, and, you know, it's, it's, it was great to see, like, we have been saying that, like, we haven't gotten a lot of Phaedra's personal life sort of, like, on her time on Married to Medicine, that's kind of been, like, a background sort of, like, thing that we don't talk about. And, like, here it was, like, we finally kind of got it all, like, one big yeah. rush of, you know, emotions. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really sweet. Um, Heavenly then tells Simone that we need to talk and grabs Jackie as well to have this conversation. Simone goes, I'm not sure why you're leading the way <laughs> to Heavenly. And then, but when they get together, Simone goes, so I just want to check in and see if you're good with the group going to South Carolina. She says this to Jackie and Heavenly goes, I told you she's not. And Simone goes, I need you to pipe down. <laughs> not, not right now. Uh, Jackie tells her that Curtis doesn't want to go. And Heavenly goes, now I need you to own something. Do you think that it was a good idea? And Simone goes and turns to, ja- ignores Heavenly, turns to Jackie and goes, let me tell you something I know. I messed up. Heavenly goes, thank you. 
And Simone is just seething at this point. She goes, she tells Jackie, you better tell your bulldog to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like heavenly, but out. This is not your conversation. Well, And, ja- and she really kind of became, I'm going to, it really became heavenly being like, I'm going to speak for Jackie. Cause Jackie can't speak for herself in terms of like what she's feeling. But I'm like, I think Jackie can like, and also you don't even know if this is what she's feeling because you've just decided this is what she's feeling. Right. I mean, it, it isn't, isn't like, it's not as intense as heavenly is making it out to be. Right. Well, Heavenly's making it out to be, you ran over my dog, and you have, like, put his mangled body on display in Hilton Head, and now we're going to go look at it for a week. Yeah. That's not what's happening here. It's it's not. Stop it. Simone goes, she's acting like I haven't known her for 20 years. And Heavenly goes, 20 years don't mean shit, Simone. And they start yelling at each other, being like, what the fuck is that about? Like, in like right off the path of this kid's party, like yeah. everyone, like they're not far. And Jackie literally goes, "I'm gonna go over here," like sort of like ignoring them. Um, they are like, someone's like, "Okay, let's go to the entryway so we can yell more." Basically, yeah. Heavenly goes, "If she's saying it makes her feel uncomfortable, then damn it, Simone." And Simone goes, "She didn't say it. It's you that said it." Literally. <laughs> so crazy phaser says they're professional i mean i wouldn't think they would be fighting at a kid's party but i think heavenly would take the opportunity to fight the pearly gates if jesus picked a fight with her honestly yes absolutely yeah jackie then tries to defuse it and uh tells that you know if curtis is going if curtis is not going she's not going simone uh tells heavenly you're acting like i did this to be malicious heavenly goes i'm not saying that at all yes you are you kind of are like not even kind of absolutely are because you wouldn't be this angry and you wouldn't be screaming if it wasn't on purpose right jackie goes can i speak and simone goes for yourself praise the lord like (laughs) and jackie's basically like i'm not worried about you guys i know you two wouldn't bring it up basically because you're my friends but the newer people asking questions like that could be a thing like people don't know but then she says her confessional like it's toy toy is gonna bring yeah because toy is a messy hoe (laughs) But he- Toya's not even newer. She's she's an OG. Right. That's that was confusing, but like and, and then so they, they Maybe she means younger. Yeah, probably. Well, cuz why would Sweet Tea bring it up? I just don't see Sweet Tea being the one. I can see Sweet Tea being maybe not picking up on the fact that she shouldn't bring it up. I guess like I'm sure maybe Greg informed her, but like I, I could also see um, Jackie sending a note to everybody is like, if you want information, go watch these episodes. Yeah, exactly. And then keep it to yourself. Period. <laughs> they, they, they diffuse, but and Simone walks away. Heavenly goes, Simone, can I get a hug? Are we okay? Simone. <laughs> Simone. <laughs> it was reminding me of, um, of the elimination on Survivor where she goes, Natalie, can I have your jacket? Natalie. Natalie. Okay. That, okay. I guess not. <laughs> so I was like, don't fucking touch me, bitch. <laughs> um, yeah. So then the next day, they're all getting ready, packing to go to Hilton Head. And it's it's like just like a quick thing of them packing and getting ready. And then we just get the flash to the next 24 hours. And it's just going to get crazier and crazier. <laughs> I am here for it. And Jackie and Sweetie getting into it, apparently. Oh, it's... And see, this is difficult because you you want to side with Sweet Tea? I, no, I want to side with Jackie, but Jackie's so unsidewithable right now. 
Right. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, you young whippersnapper, <laughs> you, you sit down. Yeah, but it's going to be, it's going to be intense and it's going to be fun. So that's uh, what we can look forward to next week on Married to Medicine. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Drag Race. We got Traders. We got Married to Medicine. What you think, babe? Um, I'll start with my top. Uh, I'm going to give it to, I really enjoyed Plasma on Drag Race this week, both in the sense of I thought she was incredibly good in the challenge and funny and all that stuff, but really funny. She made me cackle in these confessionals and this sort of like delusional theater kid, not delusional, but like sort of like you know, stunted theater kid vibe. Yeah. I, I don't know that character I, we've seen before on drag race, but I haven't seen it like this sort of like funny and just like, <laughs> just, out you know, of the- if she keeps working hard, she'll get into Miata and it'll be fine. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> We're big Glee fans, but um, no, she did great. I, 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 I actually really think she, uh, with someone who was kind of middle of the pack ish, like mm-hmm. in the beginning, and now is kind of being more of a front facing character, which I like. Um, my bottom, I'm going to go to the traders, and I'm going to give it to Kevin, who I th- I I found him insufferable. <laughs> like he really, I was like, you're just a pretty face, like for the most, and now it's like, oh, now you're just dumb and like also rude and dumb, which is the worst combination. Honestly, yeah, he him at the round table was a lot, and like. Yeah, I just I wasn't the biggest fan of um and also he led to Janelle getting eliminated, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so not the biggest fan of Kevin. Uh what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, I'm gonna start with my bottom and keep it on the traders as someone else that led to Janelle going home, which was Dan. Sure. Like, I just I feel like he's so obvious as a traitor. Yeah. And I'm just really surprised no one's landed on it until now. Um, but it's just, he's really playing a bad game. And I am, like, other than, you know, the little bit of emotional manipulation that he was able to pull off at the round table to really shift things towards Janelle. Yeah. Um, everything else I feel like he's done has been really heavy-handed, really obvious, and if he's stupid enough to pick Bergie in this in this kill tonight, it's he'll get banished next episode, yeah. and he will have deserved it. Right. Um. And I'm fine with that. Um. As as long as it protects Phaedra, and honestly, I think I would like to protect Parvati if she's gonna straighten up and fly right. But as long as we protect Phaedra, I'm good. Yeah. Um. My top for the week uh, is going to go to CT. No, I'm kidding. Um, But honorable mention to CT for that running through the castle. Fabulous moment that just makes me happy. Um, My top for the week is going to go to Q. Um, Number one, because I don't think she's getting the recognition she deserves. Um, But number two, because I just think she did the best. Yeah. Like the, I feel like the brick was iconic. Like, it was everything you wanted from an SNL skit. Um, I think the uh, the share look was out of this world gorgeous. She looked amazing. She embodied share. Um, and I just think she keeps getting overlooked. And it's, I mean, yeah, she's been in the top, but she needs a win. And... Like, you can be in the top all you want, but at the end of the day, if you get to the end of the the competition and you don't have wins, 
you're not winning the show. Yeah. And she needs to get the, and it's not that she hasn't deserved it. And I think that she should have had the win this week. Um, you know, that's just how I feel about it. And, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, cue for the win for right now. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of a gay and his envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. <laughs>